0: Hello, and before you get started on this episode of Zaps to the Past, we would just like to give a massive shout-out to the following people. Andy Marsh, Cole Hutchinson, David Hearn, Sven Oser, 2000DC, Gary Heather, Roger McNally, Joshua Dove, Mark Fletcher, Etienne Vettingfeld, Neil Bullitt, Alexander Gosling, Tim TJ Walker, Phil Sowerby, Joshua Kay, Dominic Kendrick, Rune P, Steve Perant, Nick James, Daniel Spreadbury, Peter Price, Richard Davey, Dennis Breakhouse, AL82 Retro, Liam Carew, Dylan Darch, Trevor Planner, Alistair McMillan, Mark Schutz, Lee Sparkles, Dan Wales, Gary Brownsource Wilson, and Oscar Jakobsen. These amazing people have backed our Patreon at the C64 tier, and the support they offer is just awesome. If you want to join them and get a mention in next month's shout-out, access to our Discord server, early access to ad-free episodes, along with any special releases we put out, and anything else we can think of, and the ability to ask us questions for our Ask the Podcast episodes, then sign up by the 18th of the month at patreon.com forward slash zap to the past for little more than the price of a pint of beer it helps us keep playing the games so you don't have to Welcome to episode 96 of Zapped to the Past. I am Adrian Mills. I'm joined as always by Mr. Graham Raddings. If you have not listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that are released For the commodore 64 we're using the magazine zap 64 as a monthly guide for the games to focus on but we are in no way affiliated with zap 64 itself this week we start our look at august 1988 and the first batch of games reviewed in issue 40 of zap 64 along with what was also going on in the uk singles chart that month so graham there is a lot in this issue but what games are we going to entertain our listeners with in this fancy tropical fish tank housing a rainbow crab of an episode,
1: we once again slip on our fur undergarments, grab our big choppers or stabby swords, and go hunting for the evasive dickhead Drax in Barbarian 2, the Dungeon of Drax. We also explore the mundane domestic ups and downs of a prehistoric construction worker in the utterly humorless C64 version of The Flintstones. Bulk at the ridiculous icon-controlled absurdity of a game devoid of everything except extendable probe arms in Star Wars Droids, explore the difficulties of her Herculean cloud surfaces, and then beat up a goat man with a chicken drumstick in Hercules Slayer of the Damned, and then bounce some balls across an 8-bit assault course in the overpriced compilation Redux, hopping mad. Did you feed your pet crab bloodworms or crab pellets? Either of those are good. We also explore another TV game show turned C64 Family Game Conversion. In every second counts go on a dungeon-crawling punch-up in the gauntlet-inspired Rambo-ish Commando-like Desolator, explore the latest in a long line of derivative budget shoot-em-ups, this time as a blocky astronaut in Destruct, before finally grabbing our Sword of Thundera, and then putting it back gently and exploring the six-minute Aldi-brand goblins in Ghost World that lies beyond the Ice Palace. On the inside, the roses may well grow, and some might not like the stony ground, but some of these games belong locked away for good. That I'm sure of. Entertaining.
0: Uh, Yes, that's a word. That is a word. Uh, I wouldn't no, choose the word entertaining.
1: entertaining. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't necessarily have chosen that exact word. You know. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to entertain them with these games. The games themselves may not be entertaining. There's, yeah, there's a couple, maybe. Yeah, we'll these, are, these are like tasty cod bites with delicious pretzel <laughs> coating, which is just what I've had to eat for tea, and they were very
1: nice. <laughs> um, sounds but it. the I chips had... that I had with them were a little bit on the dull side. Really? Uh, they were a little bit, yeah, they were like oven chips. and I had a nice...
0: Very stuffed chicken bacon and leek pie. Ah, oh, very pies. lovely, very lovely. With some excellently excellently cooked homemade uh, uh, wedges, pre-cut, pre ho- wedges. That's, that is very how nice. you do
1: it. Rocking mm. and rolling. Rocking Absolutely.
0: And rolling. I was very, I was very uh, satiated. Should we say? Good, because you need all your energy you can get for some of this rubbish. <laughs> That's true. Before we get into the games, though we must we must we must discuss the cover we always we have to discuss it's the it's a cover. new month it's the rules it's, it's the a the new rules. hair. it's a new day it's a new, it's cover. A new life for me <laughs> and i'm going to review the cover uh, so top 64, this is barbarian barbarian 2 is the cover and yes. you can see you know this is uh, yeah it's good isn't it yeah i think it is it the first time he's really drawn barbarian bodies i don't remember seeing them from Ollie, uh, for this, yeah, he's, well, he's done them in the posters, but, um, ah, sort okay. of in the big posters that they release sometimes. So there's been sort of fight scenes, but I don't think we've actually, I don't really think, no, I can't remember anything like this, sort of, no, naked, naked and well grown,
1: yeah, very naked, very well. I mean, they're to be fair, he's actually drawn them in such a way as it's they're they're revealing but not revealing on the on the woman, especially actually. Normally these. Sort of these things, she'd be topless in any other fantasy art book, I would imagine. Probably, and and you know, he's he's you know he's mercifully covered up, but I think I think it's amazingly well drawn.
0: It's very well drawn, and also as well, just to sort of comment. I mean, obviously, this is with Maria Whitaker in the adverts for it, sort of thing. Mm. But the the way that Ollie Frey has gone here so do it, a much more sort of say lies. um yes she's more tyris flame she is she? yeah she's more valeria yes, yes. yeah oh, but yeah sort of from conan but yeah that the the bright red hair it's really good it is really a really good image yes. she, she looks a bit twisted i'm not quite sure but she's swinging that sword one way she other is way swinging her. that sword. there's lots mm-hmm. of blood everywhere um yeah. yeah it's very it's a very good depiction of two barbarians at fight yeah it is fighting something it is in very little
1: no, i can't i can't because you know this guy can draw, and that's it's one of the one of the better covers we've had recently. Actually, that's really really good. The, the sort of all of the stuff on that where he's drawing the hair, it's the, the details that Oli Frey does like that that make I think make his drawings exceptional. The shading on the the sort of the, the physical appearance of both of them is amazing, but the the hair on them both is just so well done and sort of the, I don't know he does kinetic movement so well. It's a really really good really
0: good cover. That mm, it is really good. So two gold medals, two two gold medals, two Barberian, gold. Two. Two gold and Hawkeye. CompuNet is revealed. I don't know what that means.
1: Well, as much as the cover art's amazing on this cover, it's let down by the crap copy because the copy's rubbish on this one. It's rubbish copy. It's not the best, is it? Sever limbs and cleave
0: skulls. It's like, you didn't need it, did you? No. Who's Gordon Howard? Why would he be? Why would we win an Amiga from him? I don't know. Who is good? Yeah, courtesy of
1: Gordon Howard. I just noticed that
0: <laughs> winning an Amiga. Courtesy of Does Gordon he know? Howard. <laughs> 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 he bought one. They've stolen it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just picked up the magazine. Gone. <gasps> That's, That's where, where it is. went. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have let those two zap people into my house. <laughs>
1: Damn that weird album. pretense and uh we were uh, just saying just before we started there this, this has got the uh most it's got they've tried to cram as many sort of in words into the 80s in words into the corner as they can in one sort of little uh ribbon so yeah. we've got the, the first ever zap def guide get hip get down get groovy get the word no and that that sentence i can tell was written by a white man i'm just i'm just new <laughs> it's obvious <laughs>
0: What was even mean? what's the death chart Whatever it I, says. I the death guide. I don't guide. know.
1: We should look in the magazine, really, and see what that is. I'm trying
0: I'm to I'm assuming look. it's
1: not, it's not a, a guidance document for people who are hard of hearing.
0: There's Zap definitive guide to... Oh, it's the definitive guide to puzzle games are the first to go under scrutiny in number one of an irregular series of features. Puzzle games, tip down and groovy. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of the three dwarfs that never go near it.
2: <laughs> what?
0: hip down and groovy <laughs> yeah. oh dear or you know the alternative snap crackle and pop yeah, once exactly. again re- rear their heads um yeah, no. i don't think puzzle games have ever been described as hip down and groovy they're like <laughs> they're the nerds of the you know the gaming world aren't they yes like, them they and visual are. them and visual novels it's like you know they're the ones you don't want to end up talking to at a party
1: no and the, because it's the real sentences for those puzzle games it wouldn't be get hip get down would it be get the corner pieces, line up the back edges. (laughs) Just not quite as
0: exciting. Group group all the same colour pieces together. (laughs) Grouping, grouping, damn you, it's important. Get the grouping sorted out. (laughs) So, yeah, so I don't know what they're on about, really. No. Um, Also of note, this uh, issue, this is, I mean, Paul Sumner is whoever Paul Sumner is, but this, I think, is the first issue that has none, none, I don't think, of the original Zap staff, with Julie Rignall now gone. Wow,
1: so this is the... This is, this is it. This is all new, all interesting, all weird.
0: Gone. Yeah, three and a half years in and he's, he's gone. Gary Penn went ages ago. Bob Wade Wayne went ago. go after this then? What did he go to? Did he go to another magazine? Freelance. I think he turns up in Commodore User for a while. Wow. I mean, Gary Penn's editing that An- the moment. Invited? <laughs> just <laughs> in the office.
1: Look, I don't know why you've come here. You don't work here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just like... Just like games. Yeah, maybe they're just doing the rounds and I suppose you might get you know you might you might get tired of working under a specific way. I don't branch. Could possibly.
0: Yeah, maybe. There you go. So that's the cover. Uh that's that done. So Barbarian two, Porky, there are gold medals. We'll see what else mm. the uh magazine things when we get into our games Ooh. should we get into our games? I think we let's
1: should. do that.
0: All right, let's get into our first game. It's a big. This is an, this is one of those gold medals. This is Barbarian Two, The Dungeon of Drax, or as it was known in America, what was it? Acts of Rage. Acts of Rage. Axe. Acts, Axe. Acts of Rage. Yes, not act. Axe. Acts, acts of Rage. Anyway, welcome, adventurer, and let me tell you of the prophecy from the Lemurian Chronicles. Do it, and know, ye, O oh, Prince, that while the kingdoms of man rejoiced. The evil one gathered his strength, and darkness once more spread its wings across the land. That's it. <laughs> short, short, sweet. <laughs> Tell us more, barbarian <laughs> storytelling <laughs> no, person. There is no more. Obviously, that prophecy <laughs> does not make any many um, much short sense actually, because because yeah, and this game is set straight after the first one, so there's not much time for him to gather his strength and that. Was, anyway, <laughs> who cares? It's all prophecy in it. Welcome to yeah, Barbarian 2. Sure prophecy.
1: Short prophecy. Beware the prophecy. Which one? This one that I found on this uh,
2: card in <laughs> this
0: cracker. Let me just read that to you. <laughs> the one that's written on the back of this pub beer, yeah. mat. <laughs> Post it now. There you go. Off that. There,
2: there you go, go.
0: Prophecy and all that. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Barbarian 2 from Palace. This is once again designed by Steve Brown. Uh, this time, though, it's got code by Rob Stevens. So different. Joe Walker and Steve Brown, the visuals, and Richard Joseph, once again, on sound and music. So this is set straight after the finale of the first barbarian, where you vanquished uh, Drax and rescued Princess Mariana. So, where you vanquished Drax and rescued Princess Mariana. Drax has legged it off into his dungeons, none too happy at this state of affairs, and vowed to wreak disaster on the jewelled kingdom. What are the Lemurian chronicles, anyway? Who's this Lemurian? Who is he? <laughs> I don't know. Is it Mark Lemurian? I thought he was on TV, a <laughs> TV person like a host. Bob Lemurian. Is it a Lima? Was it like a lemur who said them? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. It's, yeah, so he's going to wreak disaster in the Jewel Kingdom. Having I mean, none of this, it is decreed that the barbarian and Mariana, who also turns out, quite luckily, is a skilled sword wielder, which begs the question why she didn't hack her own way out in the first game. But, you know. True. And they're also a sandwich you can get from Subway. Oh, Mariana. It's a trench. Yeah. I know, it's a trench. It's, it's a, a trench, trench in the I ocean. I they did a Mariana meatball sub. <laughs> <laughs> Mariana, so, yeah, possibly. Yeah, but anyway, Mariana. <laughs> Mariana. <laughs> Mariana, everyone, there she is. <laughs> Mariana. Thank you. Golf <laughs> clap,
1: everyone. Golf clap for Mariana.
0: <laughs> anyway, those two, have got, or one of them, has got to make the journey to Drax's lair and put an end to him once and for all. That's it. That's the plot. At the start of the game, you can choose to play as either the Barbarian, who, when reading around this, I saw him referred to by this as Arnold. They've literally called him Arnold, so <laughs> there you go. Or Mariana. I was, it was on the games that weren't when I was reading about what... what I'll come to it, but there was going to be a Barbarian 3, Um, but we'll come to Ooh. that in a bit. So, yeah, you can play as either Barbarian or Mariana by moving left or right, and you choose them with the click of the fire button, whereupon they will just saunter off through the open portcullis. It's a bit of a saunter, isn't it? It's like... Doo, doo, yeah, doo. Yeah, yeah, staggers off quick. Bit of a saunter, Um and the game will start Uh, So immediately it's apparent this is a very different game than its forebear. This is a flick screen fighter and collect them up as you traverse the three maze-like levels on the way to defeat Drax. The screen is split into three parts with the UI taking up the top and the bottom strips and the game being played out in the largest middle part of the screen. At the top is the game's logo, complete with a picture of both Drax and whoever you have decided to play as, either the Barbarian or Mariana. Underneath the logo, there are five blue balls these represent your lives. To the right of your portrait is your energy bar. And when you face a monster, their energy bar is shown to the left of Drax's portrait. the bottom of the screen is three elements. The first is your inventory, showing which of the six artifacts you need to defeat Drax that you've collected. Then there's a compass. Uh, this is depicted as a rotating sword that always points north uh, to help you orientate, Sorry, orient yourself as you progress. And finally, there is your score on the bottom right. The game itself is almost identical in its visual style to that of Barbarian. All the characters are big and well-grown, and their animation is well done throughout. Your character can perform a number of moves. They can walk, run, and jump, and spin round to face either di- either direction. That's with the fire button not pressed. They can also enter cave entrances by pulling down and diagonal. For attacking, they can kick, can do a crouching swing, pull down a fire, push up and fire, do an overhead swing, and if you pull away from the enemy and press fire, do the spinning attack from the first one, which can, if you do it right, decapitate certain enemies. But that's it. Your moveset is a lot more limited than in the first game. A lot, yeah it is so yeah, it is. so I don't know you know maybe because obviously you've got running and moving and jumping now because if you run you can jump and things like that. so I don't know they've had to tone it down they've just got you've only got um literally four attacking moves now the three levels you have to you have to make your way through are the wastelands, the caverns, and the dungeon before making your way to Drax himself. The graphics on the various backgrounds are pretty well done. Uh, there's mountains and sort of animated birds in the first level. There's blinking eyes and flickering torches in the second, uh, in the caverns. And there are unfortunate souls manacled to the walls who sort of look up and uh, and skeletons in the third level. Um, it's all pretty well drawn. But don't get me wrong, visually, this is you know very good. The monsters change as well from level to level, uh, with you facing off against giant pink saurian beasts, pain in the asses that they are, Neanderthal, giant Neanderthal men and mutants, and there are others in level one. There are orc grubs, crabs, and cave trolls, along with the other ones in level two. And there are dungeon masters, giant grubs, and orklets along with other ones in level three so in the wastelands in the caverns in the dungeons so this offers a varied amount of things to fight um, some are big massive some are sort of medium size and some are quite small and needs and each one is you know needs a bit of a different strategy to uh, take them out on your travels you must find the following artifacts as well if you are to face any chance against drax and his pet great demon that await you in the final level. You find the shield and the globe on level one, uh, and these guard against instant death from the demon and against Drax's magic, respectively. On level two, you must get the potion and the jewel, which increases your resistance and disables the living idol when it is reached, respectively. And on level three, you get get the key and the axe, which opens the portcullis door um, and increases your strength, respectively. I can't help feeling that the axe would have been better on level one. Mm. <laughs> it's like give me the power ups early, please. I mean, mm. guard against instant death from a demon and against Drax's magic on level one. You don't need them until level four. To put them in yep. level three yep. it would make sense, wouldn't it? And put, you know, so the potion and the axe should have been level one. They increase your resistance and your and increase your strength. That, to me, is sensible. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, that's just me. What what do I know? Um, As you face off against the various monsters that sit in your way, your health will drop um, as you take hits, and should it reach zero, you'll lose one of your five lives. Um, You can get these back, though, by finding schools of lost warriors about the levels, and these will give you an extra life upon discovery. Uh, All you've got to do to pick any of these things up, basically, is just run into them as well. You don't have to do anything. just walk into them. There are also pits, giant pits that need to be jumped over, and rivers of lava that you can jog over or jump over. It's up to you if you get the jogging thing right. Kind of like the bit in Impossible Mission where you can jog from one platform to another. So if you get it right, mm-hmm. you're all right. Yeah, yeah. But should you not, you get hit. You sort of take a hit and get knocked back and lose some strength, lose some health, sorry. If you don't quite make it across a jump, you'll teeter on the edge, like, Aah! sort of if you go back. But you can save yourself with a quick waggle of your joystick. So you can do that. Uh, so there's a fair bit to do here. Many creatures to fight, and it looks and sounds great. Solid sound effects. Lots of nice humorous touches, such as the Neanderthal laughing out of the screen should you stumble over a lava pit when you're fighting them. It'll always raise the chuckle. <laughs> there's there's loads of little bits like that. But yeah, that's all great. But is it any good to actually play this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's get the first thing out of the way here. Navigating this is confusing. Um, it's almost in and of itself. This is pretty much the same as Flash Gordon or Turner Nog, That opening scene. Yeah. The- it's yeah, just it's, it's just another one of those in the way it wants you to play and as we've found with this kind of thing trying to keep your spatial awareness while being forced off screen by an angry eight foot tall dinosaur takes some doing and it can you can get knocked out of a cave back into a certain different way and it can be painful it's not helped as well that by sometimes there are some screens where you run out of them on the right only to enter the next one from the right facing the opposite direction so that does not yeah. help so then you run back across and you exit on the left and then run back in from the left on the next screen it's like, well, A, th- that don't work. So you can get quite confused quite quickly. I found that your progress can also be blocked by enemies that sit on the far edges of pits, just trying to get towards you, because they just walk towards you. And they just if there's a pit in the way, they'll just walk at the edge of the pit. And you can't jump over the pit at this point, because you'll just hit them and be knocked into the pit. Loss of life. So you don't want to do that. So then you have to backtrack. But you know, usually I've been running away from an enemy through somewhere, through a doorway or a cave entrance, whatever they are. So then I've got to fight them. And it feels a bit all over the place and to me this is where the other problem comes in the combat's dull it's quite dull each fight tends to go on for far too long i mean yes you can watch a playthrough you can probably you know you watch a youtube playthrough with someone speedrunning it in 19 minutes that's but okay but that is not going to be you and it wasn't me on playing this you get lost and you get into boring fights and you get stuck in corners with that bloody green thing just poking at you with these little pokey proboscis <laughs> going, poke poke uh... poke it's like what god get up and you can't you try and kick it, but your, your animation's too slow and he pokes you again. Oh, it's, it's very rude. Um, so yeah, the creatures here are just not fun to fight, I found. The only one that is, is kind of the Neanderthal because it's another kind of humanoid, but the rest are all annoying. I didn't really enjoy fighting any of them. And the lack of moves from the first game limits your options quite severely. Uh, the smaller creatures tend to just poke at you, as I said, or kick at you, like that the the Sort of brown ape like thing that just yeah, got that. yeah, and it just pushes you back and pushes you back and pushes you back, and you're like, Let me do something, <laughs> and it takes too long to run away from it, or and you can't walk away quick enough because you've got because to turn around, you don't just turn around, you have to do the fancy spin every yeah. time, so yeah, okay, yeah, so you just find yourself in boring wars of attrition, that's what I found. And yes, I know you can jump over some of them, never seemed to work for me when I tried, I just always seemed to hit them. And I couldn't get the timing right or something was off. I don't know. You know, just before anyone says anything, I saw it done on the YouTube video that I watched, but I was like, I tried it and I tried it, but it just never seemed to work. The, The bigger enemies take forever to kill. And it's just no fun. You just end up doing the overhead swing constantly against the big peak dinosaur. I don't know. It's weird. And they also do that thing where they respawn sometimes right in front of you from clouds of gas. And this just adds to the annoyance. I mean, we played Usagi Yajimbo recently and that took the time to place the enemies in the world and not constantly spawn them. It was designed. There was a design process there. It also made it a straightforward 2D game, so you never felt lost. You just left to right, off you go. This game would have been much better if they'd have followed that design, piece, I think, and designed the game around these encounters so they could have placed the big monsters where they needed to for, you know, ups and downs, peaks and troughs, and sort of thought, well, wow, we'll have this here rather than just, and we'll just have it chasing you across the screen, the big pink dinosaur. Go, uh. you know, there's a lot of tech here that's good. But I think the design is a bit of a mess. As it is, I found myself wandering around some very same locations getting into fights and my way blocked by monsters on the other side of pitch and pit, sorry, which it's just led to a very unenjoyable play session. I was really looking forward to this, uh, but the spawning enemies and lack of variety in the fighting really stuck out here. Yeah, there's more to do than in the first game. But what that game did, it did incredibly well. This feels like a more bloody Flash Gordon or any of those type of games, types of games that we've played. And that was not something I was expecting from a gold medal game, really. I think they've just been suckered in by the presentation and the visuals and all that kind of thing. Don't get me wrong. It's technically very proficient and very well put together, but it's dull to play when all's said and done. And finally, you don't even kill Drax at the end because he puts his head back on and escapes in a magic mirror before sticking his hand back out and calling you a wanker and that's what it looked like to me um, it looked like he just sticks his hand out and does the, <laughs> toss, just the you know shaky hand symbol at you I was like oh it's a bit rude maybe okay. he does maybe he does yeah I think he's sort of shaking his fist but looked like he was calling me something because uh, this was because Steve Brown was intended to make a third game in the series this was supposed to have you kill Drax and then that was it but then he got the idea like, oh let's make it a trilogy because it's a fantasy game so it needs to be a trilogy so we'll do another one so we'll have him escaping and then the third one it'll be and he was essentially what his what his idea was like reading games that weren't which is more of this and even he said oh maybe no, i don't know um it has a description of it and it sounds very similar to this but however and but what happened was it kind of got taken off him some new came in i think read the games that weren't we'll, we'll link to it i'll put a link in somewhere so there was a sequel was in the works on the amiga and st and it was going to be a platform game oh dear i know something's gone wrong already so, something went wrong however before any of this happened palace went bust and the barbarian license died with them. So it never actually happened. I don't know if there's any footage of it kicking about. There wasn't any, there was some sort of concept art on the games that weren't website, but I found that quite interesting that the reason that this didn't end properly is because they wanted to do a third one and then they went bust. So there never was a third one. So you never actually killed Drax in these games. Silly. Yeah, this was uh, disappointing. I, I found this quite disappointing and ultimately pretty dull. It's technically good. It looks nice, but that combat is boring against Bloody enemies. I just didn't like it. What about you? Very similar
1: story, actually. I remembered the Amiga version of this more than the C64 version because I just remembered it more. And I remembered in the back of my mind, I remember having this vague notion that there was there was something wrong with it. There was something, a reason I didn't enjoy it. Now, as you've rightly said, I mean, it's, it's a classic in its own way, this. Technically, it's all very clever in what it's doing, the look and feel and all of that in terms of its central premise of a barbarian or a female barbarian on some kind of quest. And the graphics and the technicality of the the sort of character on character fights kind of work in that respect. All good, that part. However, problems do begin. As exactly where you said. Had this been a journey that had a narrative flow, a la Yusaki Jimbo, exactly, have written exactly the same thing here, where you just felt like you were progressing on a journey, as the story kind of implies, but that isn't what happens. This is just what felt to me like I was pinging around of various locations that all kind of look similar, if not the same, popping in and out of caves, arbitrarily it felt to me until until i had done that enough that i've heard this kind of weird buzzing sound and i would managed to get to the next level it didn't feel like there was any rhyme or reason for that to happen i wasn't actually looking to find the end of the level because i had no clue where i was going it made no sense the directions are completely hopeless Mm -hmm. for a while i thought i might just follow the sword and where it points to see if that points to the exit because you know it says it points north but I i had no bearing for anything in this and that made it really dull and that's um, key problem that really then means problem number two kicks in problem number two is the do- is the dreary combat there's no way around that less moves means it's less interesting mm-hmm. the enemies in it are really stupid if that stupid flamingo turkey thing made that bloody noise at me one more time I was like oh yo no just and they're just annoying and it's a bad combination annoying repetitive enemies that have little logic to them and they trip themselves up a lot that just seem to be able to move a little bit quicker than you because you're you know because you're limited moves you've got you've only really got side hit and kick really to do deal with them at that height Mm because the over the head one doesn't do any damage on those ones so then you're actually limited really to two moves because most of your moves occur for those smaller characters over the top of their heads yep and that so that means you're fighting a, it's a combat game with two moves well who wants to do that yeah you, maybe you can jump over them i never successfully did that his run is weird and his run weird did you think his run was a bit over runny he was like goodness <laughs> me his, his stride was enormous <laughs> yeah so i just it just all felt a little bit of a letdown i was kind of hoping it'd be a lot better than it was and the graphics and everything all the preamble all the build-up whether it's acts of rage or barbarian 2 all of that had all the it had all the shakes and all the bones and everything else to really be something. But I think they just then sort of, they fleshed out the idea that it was, there wasn't much to do by making it impossible to navigate. That was the, and then making the enemies pop up all the time. That was the, that's the trick, isn't it? That's the, we've, we've, we've identified this as the C64 game extension trick.
0: Yeah, it's the 8-bit, it's, it's the 8-bit thing-longerer. <laughs>
1: it's the thing longer. it's the thing longer of the six. is exactly that, you know, how to make a, a 19-minute game, feel like it's six hours, just make it impossible to find your way around and throw enemies every two minutes. Yep.
0: You don't need to do that. Yusagi Jimbo didn't do that. You don't need to do that. And also with Yusagi Jimbo as well, the combat was over in like about five, 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. As it you know
1: as it would be. Yeah. Because I found, I mean, at one point, I was having a pitch battle with one of those Pokey Pokey things. It went on for ages. I'm like, good. How strong are these things? I'm a barbarian mm-hmm. wielding a, a weapon here, whacking it, whacking it, and whacking it. Get off. <laughs> anyway, so I thought, eventually, I, I felt like I was getting scooby Dooism. Now I'm running, by, running across the same backgrounds, the same coming out in and out the same cave. Backgrounds started to seem samey. The enemies kept popping up. I had to deal with most of them with two moves. The cave troll thing, whatever it was, there was the bigger one, was the most interesting one to fight. I got a cheeky beheading in there. All good, that. Title music, sort of stirring stuff, I suppose, if you like that kind of thing. It's not it's as not good as... Best,
0: it's not his best piece, is it?
1: No, it's not as good as the Barbarian music or anything like. No, um, it's not. So there's, there's stuff to go out here, I suppose. Is it a worthy sequel? I think it, I felt it. There's this parts that they just got slightly wrong in design. Like, this is a design problem. Everything else was there. So I think it just needed, I think it just needed more more purpose, a more design, a narrative that would just follow the follow the story. You don't need to be trying to navigate around a map in a silly way so and the acts of rage I just didn't have there was a few things it didn't have didn't it I don't know if that was the crack or anything but it didn't have some of the loading screens between things I think that's stuff. just a, I think
0: that's probably just a crack maybe just a crack of it. I think to fit it all on one side the of a disc I think
1: yeah. it's all the same stuff I mean I don't I can't help but feel this does not deserve gold medal status for me I think it's been no. over it's been overmarked you yeah. uh, know this is you know in, in in higher education terms in the UK this would be coming in at a first and it bloody well ain't a first at 96% <laughs> I'll tell you that no no so, the ex- external
0: no. examiner would be. Getting going uh i need to uh, see the rest of your grades thank you very much <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah they would they would, yeah they would exactly do that so sorry to say um i still think barbarian is the better of the games out of those and oh um, massively yeah plans for making multiple sequels aside they got so much wrong here it's such a shame but looks nice just doesn't play very well so that's it really for me
0: yeah there we go barbarian 2 more controversy probably <laughs> no, barbarian a little bit poo <laughs> Barbarian's done a little bit of poo when he saw that purple thing. <laughs> I mean, there's so much... The, the thing is with this, there is so much sort of... what am I look, What's the word I'm looking for? Sort of phallic referencing. You get attacked by a big purple monster.
1: You You do, get, poked, yeah, there you is get a bit.
0: poked at by a sort of yeah, proboscis from a green yeah. thing. It's, it's just oh, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it is. It's B- Barbarian 2, the Dungeon of
0: Drab. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, there we go. Dungeon of Drab. It's a bit drab. It's a yeah, bit drab. Dungeon of Drab. There we go. Thank you for that. That's good. That's the way to round off. Let's move on out (laughs) of that dull dungeon of nothing. (laughs) And, Graham, you've got the pleasure of the next one. Second time we've been to Bedrock. This is uh, the Flintstones. Yes, it is. They're
2: back. (laughs) They're back, they are. I wish they they are, the
1: Flintstones. (laughs) I know. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. Published by Grand Slam. This designed by Tiki Software. Um, coded was Peter Harrop and uh, Sean Hollingworth. They made Teramex and A. Monty and but Death Wish 3, they did. All oh, right. Can't tell or anything. Uh, <laughs> graphics, uh, Mark Edwards here. Not sure what he was responsible for, really, other games-wise. Musician, Ben Daglish, Ben Bang the Rock's Daglish. It's Ben. Oh, Go, Benny. It's Benny. Benny D. Here he is, Benny D. <laughs> Benny D. Um, so it's the Flintstones again. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, Great. Back in uh, at March 86, uh, Zap. So the past episode 22 was when we looked at Yabba Dabba Doo. Or oh, well, should I say, we referred to it as Yabba Dabba Don't at the time. Yeah, we did. Um, mm-hmm. it was, that was Quicksilver's Yabba Dabba Doo, wasn't it? We, uh, we surmised that it had a reasonably well-drawn Fred Flintstone-looking cartoon sprite, but the game, however, was utterly dog-egg. It was. It was indeed. So forward right to 1988, and we have this all-new Flintstones, the all-new one from Grand all, Slam. All-new one. In this version of the game, version of the <laughs> characters, version of the thing, there is an attempt to play out a more episodic variation of the day in the life of Fred Flintstone. So I'm going to just refer to the instruction is Yabba dabba doo, it's the weekend. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Fred is looking forward to the final of the Bedrock Super Bowl contest the next day. But Wilma reminds him of his promise to paint the living room before her mother arrives. No painting, no bowling. <laughs> I can feel your interest peeking. <laughs> from here. <laughs> the, the world's most boring episode of the Flintstones. Change the
0: channel, Marge.
1: <laughs> Fred may not be much of a painter, but Pebbles certainly is. And when he's back, it's turned, she's drawing all over the wall. So Fred's task is to not only paint the wall before Wilma returns home, but to keep Pebble's in her pen and to keep hold of that very elusive paintbrush. So that's level one. That's yeah. what you've got to do in level one. I'll talk mm-hmm. about it as we go. I'll just go through the, the run of things. It says, the net in this is the instructions again. The next day, Fred and Barney set off for the bowling final, but run into trouble when they lose a wheel on Fred's car. How quickly can they find and a fit suitable replacement? <laughs> Second most boring episode Jesus. of the Flintstones award goes to... <laughs> <laughs> These aren't straight out of the Flintstones comedy gold handbook, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Um, somebody trolled through all the episodes of the Flintstones and picked out the most boring elements of all of it. So the third bit, um, the bowling alley. Fred and Barney have made it to the Bedrock Super Bowl. See, I thought it was the Super Bowl event, but it's not. They want to go bowling. (laughs) And it's Fred with his twinkle-toe style against no-nonsense Butterfinger Barney. May the best man win. Gold. Comedy. Bloody gold, that is. (laughs) And then the last book, by no means least, part, which is the oddest thing of all, actually, is The Rescue. Fred and Barney return home to find Wilma very distressed as Pebbles has escaped from her pen and disappeared. Fred eventually finds her perched high upon a stone girder above the new building site, totally unaware of the dangers around her. It's Fred Flintstone to the rescue, but with such a bewildering array of girders and ladders, will he be able to get to her in time? So those thats those are the four things of this game. Paint a wall, drive a car, bowl in a bowling alley, and then rescue Pebbles from the edge of uh, a building site. That's what you've got to do. Wow. Each of these things is done in a sort of, you have to do it in a time scale. Okay. So you control that, then that is, that is the game. So you control the Fred sprite using the joystick and a couple of keyboard commands thrown in. That's space bar in the paint level to paint. For example, your goal is to complete the levels or mini games or whatever you want to call them. Comedic episodes. No. <laughs> All right. Just episode then. No, <laughs> no. Um, within the time limit. Failing to do this will cost you one of your Fred's run out of Fred's and Fred's <laughs> dead. <laughs>
0: Fred's dead baby Fred's dead
1: <laughs> oh my god you have just conjured up the, the wills I can't watch the Flintstones now in my mind I'm already seeing it that sequence from bloody Pulp, Pulp Fiction Pulp Fiction yeah with Fred Flintstone <laughs> yeah, in there in exactly. that, that Zed is dead sequence oh god good luck Barney getting <laughs> bummed by that bloody
2: <laughs>
1: oh my god no
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, gee Fred why do you want to put it there <laughs>
1: Well, What's got Fred doing? It. He's going to have to get the samurai sword. hasn't he come back. What you doing, Barney? Oh my god! It's <laughs> a terrible Fred that impression. That's a good Barney though. That's a Thanks. good Barney. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the game <laughs> apart from this weird fantasy, we just enacting play. We like to think it's we better every now and again, we, we, we we are a Flintstones reenactment
0: society, just so in case anyone wondered why we do that. And it's when we get these crap games based on cartoons <laughs> that this kind of darkness appears. It's like the, we had it the, with the Rupert dark, <laughs> We had it with the, the Rupert player games. <laughs> the dark cartoon trilogy. Flintstone's pulp fiction version just
1: you know just whole thing is weird. Anyway, uh, back to the game temporarily. The game window <laughs> is generally generally split horizontally down the middle, with the game in the top half and the UI if you can call it that, in the bottom, hopefully you'll uh, figure out what it all means. in In there, you'll find a green triangle with ten pins in it. That's already there when you start, just waiting to be enabled. So everything that is in this game is already in the UI, which I think I don't like that. No details: if you paint coverage um, for the painting section, or speed or direction in the uh, in the section when you're driving the car. Um, there's parts for bobbling as well. Your remaining threads, of course, an hourglass timer, and the score and current high score, which is. Uh, Hiding in that bottom border. Fancy effects and all that. Opening up that bottom border there for that. Fancy. Um, the game doesn't have a title screen that I saw, unless it's on the crack or something as such. And it starts on this screen. So it starts on the screen that you start in and the rest of the game is in. Um, with a scrolling message to give you some sense of the world of the Flintstones. Nothing captures the spirit of a quirky cartoon vocal like a jerky, unskippable scrolling message, I always <laughs> like to think. I don't know about you.
0: It's how I, it's how I used to uh, sort of take in <laughs> my cartoons as a child.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why, why watch the fun of Scooby-Doo when a jerky scrolling message can just absolutely, convey all absolutely. of the same dialogue? <laughs> just as good. It's just as good, honestly. Um, the pre-game start version of the screen has a twee version of the Flintstones theme. So this, this happens before you start the game game. It grates that, it does. Um, and the music in game is very generally, I just put forgettable, borderline annoying, but just forgettable. It's another version of the Flintstones in kind of a quick do be-do, do be-do, be-do, do be-do, do 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 you do know, do 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 I'm like, all right, okay. The graphics on the whole are a blocky mass. <laughs> Medium res is the order of the day. Here. Um, Uh And while they are blocky and simple in colour, I suppose if you squint, if you squint, and I'm being a bit generous, they kind of look like what they're supposed to be. Kinda. The colours though, grey, browns, and yellows, are a bit of a mixed bag in this. I guess they represent the parts of the game. But the bowling feels like you're in some kind of sex dungeon. And all the (laughs) graphics have a kind of bitty, (laughs) badly shaded
0: vibe. Fred's dead. Fred's dead. <laughs> Telling so he is.
1: So I was half expecting there to be some red room paddles in the bottom. End. Barney, bend over. I'm giving you a paddling.
2: <laughs> okay, Fred.
1: <laughs> Barney. <laughs>
0: who is that
1: I don't I don't know I was just thinking I was trying to attribute there's nobody who does that just, that's my new character that's a cross between um, Wilma and Betty uh, wet, Wetty wet, Wetty it's has good old Wetty it's Letty we'll call her Letty from uh, Aston oh, okay. Fiora she just made an payments in it appearance for no reason oh
0: that's nice so
1: yeah so there is the, the, the it is badly a bit of a badly shaded vibe the sort of shading you actually in this game you get with four colours so imagine that because that's this game is four colour medium res all the way we are doing four colour medium res. Can we have any more? No, you're not having any more colours. Four colour medium res. Get on with it. It's all we've got the budget for. <laughs> Fred Flintstone requires more shading and detail. No, he doesn't. Not in this version. Right, get on with it. He's black and brown. That's it. A general UX graphics, I suppose, are okay. Decent workings on the hourglass, the way it kind of um, animates. All right, okay. The scrolling message feels like a complete afterthought in this game, though. I'm pretty sure that was added after the game had been done like this nobody's how do we make this game more interesting i don't know put a scrolling message in the middle of it because it it does just appear Mm -hmm. it's like it's like it doesn't belong and it doesn't belong why would you put a scrolling message in a game based in the caveman times just why wouldn't you have it just appear on some kind of tablet or i don't know there's a million ways you could do that that would be more in keeping with fred flintstone Uh it plays as you might expect them with all the dreary dullness of an episode of the flintstones with all the humor removed Uh, canned laughter one-liners and stupid situations i needed that's what makes the flintstones funny and i I mean and i'm stretching funny i wasn't it's not like my sides of a split watching the flintstones but and this it's just kind of boring it's fred flintstone just doing manual boring tasks in the cartoon fred is often trying to get out of a situation and that is here i guess but it's boring and it's not challenging painting the walls is easy and drab you're painting them gray as well gray i mean if you want to make a game more boring than ever paint walls gray in a cave that's, they're already grey. Boring. The running Fred's car is short <laughs> and, and too simple. Boring. The bowling doesn't really work very well and it's visually drab and boring. The Far New Rescue is alarmingly simple and really stupidly obvious. None of this has any real challenge or any humour it's just a dull, ordinary day in the life of a Bronto crane operator at the Slate Rock and Gravel Company. Oddly, the game got 40% and the earlier version got 60%. Neither of them are very enticing, if you ask me. Flintst- um, they're not very enticing Flintstone games, if you ask me. I have expected to find an end-of-game animation where you just saw Fred's feet drop into view in front of some grey slate background as he hanged himself after realising <laughs> the futility of his existence. Maybe of the Flintstones, but this is no fun at all. What did you think?
0: but dabba no. <laughs> and go change it to that just know it's how to make a comedy show boring make me paint a wall with really sticky horrible controls awful (laughs) blocky nightmares of the cast only add to the horror and don't get me started on the squalling messages with a space after the quotation marks at the beginning um like you like you with some of your crap for shading sort of thing bad punctuation and shit like that i started to get eye twitch syndrome i was like why is there a space there Why? There shouldn't be a space after the quotation. There's no need for a space. (laughs) Uh, I didn't get very far. This is slow, turgid, and boring. Who wants to paint a sodding wall from one shade of grey to another? I mean, literally... It's a Nobody joke. In, the only joke that is, is there's a joke in Red Dwarf in the first season of Red Dwarf, where they're painting it from something great, to battleship gray, um, and they get mixed up and they're trying to get the scutters to do that. I mean, that's funny because the situation between Lister and Rimmer and the yes, scutters and getting it yes. mixed up and they don't know what's going on here. It's just a nightmare. It's just horrible. And it's horrible controls. I try to catch that bloody brush. and put. It's just horrible. And who cares? And then Wilma turns up and puts a space after a quotation mark. I just wanted to throw my joystick through the screen. <laughs> I hated this. Who thought this was representative of the Flintstones? There's nothing of it. What episode does... I mean, some Flintstones aficionado may go, I'm sorry, but in episode 3X series 2, he does actually paint the wall. I don't care. That's probably the worst one. This was awful. (laughs) Just, Just a horrible, pointless waste of a license of a game. Yep. And that bit at the beginning where he slides off the back of the dinosaur... Had me laughing for ages. This blocky stick man in the background. (laughs) He just (laughs) waddles off. Oh, my God. This is what we've got here, isn't it? £10, this was. Too heavy. (laughs) Way too heavy, that. (laughs) Yeah. God-awful. 40% no chance. No. No, It's just a bad, bad game. Yabba-dabba no. There we go.
1: I hated Mm. it. Yeah. Well, there's probably more licensed games in the future that will be much better than that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, there is. Let's move on to the next one.
2: <laughs>
0: so that was droids. That was droids. Okay. So you like <laughs> <laughs> at least this was only 2.99. Thank God. Yeah, so if you are unaware of just what Star Wars droid was, is, whatever, then let me tell you straight from the wiki on the show. Star Wars droid, the adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO is a 1985 animated television series spin-off from the original Star Wars trilogy, focusing on the exploits of R2 and C-3PO, between the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. At the time, this was obviously just before A New Hope, because Revenge of the Sith didn't exist, obviously. The series was produced by Nelvana on behalf of Lucasfilm and broadcast on ABC with the Sith series Ewoks, as part of the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour, what a torture that would have been! Good nightmare. <laughs> the series ran for one season of thirteen half-hour episodes, and an hour-long special broadcast in 1986 serves as the finale. There you go. So that, that was is. Star Wars Droid. I've never watched. I don't think I've ever watched it. I've never Good. seen it. Don't ever want to watch it. They're not. It, it, they're not my favorite characters. I mean, they're not. Everyone seems to have this. Oh, C three. and R2. I like R two because not saying anything, but C three P O is just annoying. They were never meant to be a thing having adventures of their own. It's just not the way. No, he's not got the legs for it. So in this game, we get to control C three P O and R two D two. Unfortunately for them, they have been captured by the From. That's with two M's gang. So the From gang, From gang, who had managed to escape from the high security prison on the planet Ingo and legged it back to their old base on Auron. Right. Unluckily, the droid's shuttle pod had crashed on the surface of Auron and the Froms seized them and threw them in their cells for reasons, I don't know. Luckily, using R2-D2's probe arm, they managed to break out and you now have to navigate the droids to safety through many levels of random crap. So when this game loads up, you have a very, very annoying tune, which I think is supposed to be the theme from the show I read. I think so. But uh, obviously I didn't recognise it because I've never seen the show, so I don't know. All I know is it was bloody annoying. And there's a spinning display of sprites just going round and round, faster for no and faster reason. For no reason. Multiplexer. It's not, <laughs> but yeah, just nothing to do with the rest of the game. It's not good for epileptics. I, I'm gonna, you know, warn. No. The, just a warning. 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 Um, so this was coded by Paul Gill, visuals by Ian Anderson and Chris Gurney, and music by Tony Williams. The credits on the title screen say a lot of other things, though. Weird, weird credits, and I just ignored them. It's just like going for some more quirkiness. No, those credits are from Lemon64, so I'm going with them. Uh, pressing the Fire gets the game going, and it's here that we agree to with another stupid control system. We, it, What is it with icons or stuff? It's not <laughs> as bad as that one we saw the other week, where uh, the slain game, Slornia, where the icons floated around and you couldn't pick what you wanted. Oh, yeah, the coleslaw game, yeah. that this That's not as bad. So, but this is an icon-driven game. So, yeah, none of your direct inputs here. Oh, no. Uh, this is one of those fancy icon-driven games that we do not like. The UI at the top has your score and health... And some game information, none of which matters, as you're not going to play this long enough to care. At the bottom of the screen are icons, which allow us to move left and right, throw a bomb, present, present oneself for inspection by R2's probe arm. <laughs> <laughs> that bend over in yeah. robot language. <laughs> so he just bends forward and R2's. <laughs>
1: probe <honestly> arm extended. <laughs>
0: oh, R2. <laughs> now you've cleaned that. <laughs> that's not a droid (laughs) might not be uh enter a code to unlock a door or laser fence uh and move up and down through the doors once open all these are separate icons across the bottom which you've got a slow moving cursor moving across back and forth across the middle of the screen is where the action takes place and this is simply a single level corridor upon which the droids meander along left and right opening doors and fences and stopping every now and then to throw a rock or bend over. Other droids wander about and if you hit them you lose energy and if you run out of energy you die and you will probably want to do this. The game is ugly with what I suppose are recognisable sprites on the main droids Everything else is garish and unpleasant. The background is full of stars for some reason. You're underground. I don't know why it's full of stars. Makes no <laughs> makes no sense. Bad painters. <laughs> yeah. Fred Flintstone's been there. The droids that meander about are <laughs> just like our hero, single colour and bland. The control system is stupid. You have to keep your selector over the move icon to keep them moving. Why? Why not just use left and right on the joystick? Fire to throw a rock. Up to <laughs> interface with computers and go through doors and down to present yourself to R2's probe arm. <laughs> 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 it's logical thinking like that that's
1: uh that's just never entered into anyone's head at this point i guess why
0: did this need icons there are six moves there are six you know there are things you could do there's no nothing you can't do there that you couldn't do which we haven't done on a numerous other games what are the games do we need icons to move left and right with Where we have left when we're moving a cursor left and right know. why are we not moving the character
1: exactly and they're autonomous units as well so not even in the film are they controlled by buttons <laughs>
0: It's just stupid. Uh, It makes this game borderline unplayable, along with being awful on the eyes and ears. Uh, This game confused me because people must have agreed that this control system was the way to go. You know, when it could have been done so much easier and better with manual controls, I just don't understand. This is a bad budget game and needs to be digested for a thousand years in the belly of the Sarlacc. That's all I can say about this. Awful, terrible, terrible thing. That control system is just the the stuff of gibberish nightmares. What did you think? Not... Good things
1: is what I thought of this. Not good things at all. I didn't write a lot of notes about it because it wasn't on my screen very long. Don't worry. My my, my, my very first comment is, uh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Icon controls. Why? 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 It made using the joystick hard work. I'm like, why, why do I have to move the pointer with the joystick to the button to make the droids move? Why yeah. didn't I just move the joystick to me? why? It's just you know, that's that's a big question for me. Don't that, know I mean that was just that was the beginning of the horror for me. I'm like, oh god. Then there's the sprite design, I'm like, all right, I suppose it's yellowy coloured and it looks kinda like C three PO, but not really, is it? It's, it's not very good. It's not very detailed or anything, is it? No, and I'm thinking, this is a Star Wars license. I mean, goodness me, you know, this isn't good, is it? No. Um, it just didn't shout Star Wars at me, thankfully, actually, I suppose, in a way. It didn't have anything to do with Star Wars at all. It didn't feel like it could just, just happen to have to, you know, this this could easily have been an Aldi brand Star Wars game, couldn't it? Just called it The Adventures of Goldbot and Mini Droid. <laughs> and
0: ProBam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ProBarm, yeah. Just the idea of the, you know, people extending themselves... You know, to to be probed. I'm like, all right, okay. Not, and the thing is, it's not like
0: that happens a lot. Thank God, it doesn't happen a lot in Star I don't re- Wars. I don't remember C-3PO presenting himself such as he does in this. No, he not is that way. He doesn't. But the duck in this, it is duck. But you can't duck under the robots that go flying around. So no, it's of it's no
1: use. Stupid. No, it's just it isn't stupid. Some nobody's put any thought into this whatsoever. I don't quite understand it. I don't. I, and my feeling is that this started out as one game and ended as another. I don't think this. I think this Quite is two possibly. parts of two completely different games that have been bolted together. It, it was absolutely rubbish, even at budget price. An utterly lame attempt at something that has so little to do with Star Wars. I'm not even sure, really, what it has to do with it at all. I mean, it just just doesn't. And it's kind of lost. Thankfully, lost in the midst of Star Wars, time and space. Thankfully, this has been placed, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. Hopefully, never to be found again. <laughs> yeah, Awful absolutely. bloody thing. I didn't play. I didn't play a lot because it wasn't playable. There was no, there was no game in it that I could find. I just was getting more and more crazy trying to control the stupid robots with the icons, yep. and not really doing anything. Periodically throwing rocks or whatever it was I was throwing. I was like, what? When in what episode
0: of any of the Star Wars saga ever did C three PO pick up a bloody rock and lob it? Or anything? He's a coward. That's true. There is actually a code breaking sequence as well where you get seven things on the screen and they light up and you have to sort of put then you have to repeat the thing to unlock the doors and stuff. No. It adds no pleasure to any of this.
1: No, I didn't. I wasn't interested in it. So no, I just, I just, at that point, I'm like, I'm out. No. I'd never liked the cartoon Star Wars drawings. It's not very good. The C-3PO voice is really weird. I think it's Anthony Daniels as well for the cartoon, but it's really, it doesn't sound the same. Something's not right about it. And he's got, his body's too stretchy to be C-3PO and, when you watch the cartoon, you'll see what I mean. It's
0: I don't want to watch any it. of them.
1: It's, it's it's don't watch it. It's not good and no. it mercifully was killed in you know at a very young age. Yeah. Um, so it didn't last long, you know. It <laughs> which is good. It's a good thing. It's um, very good. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, enough of that. Let's move on. Even the Jawas wouldn't have had anything to do with that, that'd have seen <laughs> that going, Oh no, burn it, Burn it. I'll it. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to push in this? This crazy <laughs> crap shit. What is it?
0: <laughs> Yes, indeed. Oh, let's leave them behind. Let's leave the droids rotting yes. in a, a slag yes. somewhere. Yes. But let's move along. So I'm sure the next one is, you know, it's another sort of license, but let's see if that's any good. <laughs> Graham, we're back. We're back in the sandals of Hercules. Tell us all about it.
1: <laughs> Feel the power of Hercules. Well, this is actually Hercules Slayer of the Damned, isn't it? It is, yes. Slayer of the Damned, published by Gremlin Graphics, developed by Cygnus Software. That's The design was Nicholas Mills. A relation? Any relation? Maybe not. No, uh, there's a good combination of names here. Actually, Nicholas Mills, Des O'Toole, Des O'Toole is involved. Hey, Des O'Toole, <laughs> and John Tometsky is in here. So that's uh, that's the three. You know, the t- Officer Tometsky. <laughs> Officer Tometsky is back. <laughs> you have reached the voicemail of John Tometsky. Um, and then the graphics are by Norman Illings and Bob Hawker. Bob Hawker's a great name.
0: That's a good name. Bob yeah. Hawker. He sells things. A
1: musician. He does, Bob Hawker, and the musician was Andy Morton. Quite a team of people, actually. In
0: there goodness. is, surprisingly. Um, let me uh, avail you of the
1: instructions for this. Hercules was the son of Zeus, chief of the gods by Alchemini, a mortal. He was thus hated by Zeus's wife, the goddess Hera. We all know this. This is the you know, common hercules story. Yeah. Even while Hercules was an infant, she sent two serpents to kill him. The youngster was, however, strong enough to kill them with his hands. That What else he going to kill them with? Strong enough to kill them with his Feet? No, he killed him with his hands. <laughs>
2: his drumstick.
1: Oh <laughs> his great, big, massive. Look at my drumstick, goat man. <laughs> I killed him with his his big, strong drumstick. Um, anyway, uh, Hera's hatred of Hercules increased once the hero had married and had children. Hera bewitched him, and he killed his own children. Still a bit bleak, innit? it? Which is, I think, straight out of the uh, you know the the, the, the sort of uh, the the mythic songbook, as it were. When Hercules recovered consciousness, he was full of remorse and ready to do anything to expiate his sin. Thus, the gods decided to send Hercules to. Eurystheus, I'm rubbish at this, Eurystheus, Eurystheus, king of Argos, to perform whatever tasks the king bade him to do. The spiteful king chose for Hercules the 12 most difficult tasks he could think of. Mm -hmm. Um, The gods pitied Hercules, who, in reality, was the victim of Hera's malice. They gave him various weapons to aid him, a helmet, a sword, a shield, and a bow, and an arrow. Could have done with more than one arrow, anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. The king ordered Hercules to perform the 12 labours. These were... The Mimian Lion. This is terrible lion was the terror of the country of Nemea. Hercules was ordered to slay it, which he did by strangling it. By the way, this ruins the whole premise of the game, all of this, but because none of this you actually get to do. Stop no. like, like, let you know now. The Hydra, this multi-headed monster, was also slain by Hercules despite Hera sending him a poisoned crab. Okay. To bite him. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Bit, bit, yeah, poisoned crab. The stag of Cenaria. No man has been able to catch the marvellous stag with antlers of gold and hooves of bronze. It surprises me because it'd be well heavy. Um, it took Hercules one year to capture it. The Ephraimannian boar. Hercules had to trek for many days through snow-covered mountains to catch this fierce, powerful boar. It's just a, that doesn't sound have any real magical connotation to it. You just went on a boar hunt, really. The Aegean stables. These stables had not been cleaned for 30 years. <laughs> Hercules was ordered to... T- now, just at this point, I'm just going to note, some of these tasks... They don't sound quite as mighty when you get right down to it. Uh, no. This was one of them. So he's got to clean the stables. Hercules was ordered to clean them, a task
0: which he accomplished by diverting two rivers to flood them. That's not cleaning. Hercules, come on. <laughs> it's also not good for like the local ecology, <laughs> the wildlife, the, um, the, the, horses. the farm, the
1: horses. <laughs> the Stymphilian birds. These ferocious manating birds were slain by Hercules. The Cretan bull. This beast was caught and tamed by Hercules. The horses of Diomedes. These horses were fed on human flesh. Hercules killed the owner and tamed them. Okay. The girdle of Hippolytia. The beautiful girdle of Hippolytia, a queen of the Amazons, was acquired peacefully by Hercules. Acquired peacefully? Hmm. Never heard it called that before. <laughs> However, here is spread a rumor amongst the Amazons that Hercules was carrying off the queen by force. They then run up in arms against him. Hercules slew the queen on the spot. Take right. that. Take that. The oxen of uh, Geryon. Geryon was a giant who owned a herd of oxen. Hercules killed Geryon to acquire them. In the process, he bent down two mountain peaks to create the pillars of Hercules on either side of the Straits of Gibraltar. How did he do that? I don't know. The next one is the apples of Hesperides. The gardens of the Hesperides were guarded by a dragon. Hercules appealed to Atlas to get him some of the apples. Alex agreed to providing them, asking Hercules to support the heavens while he went to get them. Okay. The dog Cerebus. Hell was guarded by Cerebus. Hercules was to fetch the dog. However, even Hercules did not attempt the task. With heavenly aid, he was able to overpower the dog. These were the 12 labors of Hercules. He engaged in other adventures too. He was one of the Argonauts who accompanied Jason on this journey. He fought with Jason against the skeletons. Something tells me they'd just watched the movie here. Yeah. In his adventures, Hercules clashed with Nessus, a centaur. Mm, You have just watched the movie, Jason and the Argonauts. The centaur was slain by Hercules. Mm. However, when Hercules was building a temple to Zeus, he requested a fresh garment to celebrate the occasion. However, the centaur Nessus had charmed a robe, which would fatally scorch its wearer. (laughs) It was this robe that Hercules donned and finally led to his death. Okay. So okay. that's that's the that's the story, essentially the story of Hercules. A bit weird, isn't it? And they've included yeah. all of that. None of that is you get to do any of that in this game. None. No. None of it. It's just there for show. The object of the game is to collect the twelve labors of Hercules. So you don't actually have to fight them, you just have to collect them. The labors <laughs> are graphically presented on the screen. Exciting. Um, The labours appear in smoke and you must hit them to gain them. Once you've collected all the labours, you must kill the minotaur to win the game. Mm. Your weapons are a club, your fists and feet.
0: (laughs) Smell my feet. Oh, your feet stink, Hercules. (laughs) Smell my finger.
1: (laughs) That's the other weapon they don't talk about. (laughs) I
0: don't know where that Um, finger's been.
1: (laughs) Along the bottom of the screen, you will see a snake which moves from side to side. This is really weird, this. Your blows to your enemy are only effective when your enemy is positioned over the snake. If Hercules is losing the battle, the snake will appear longer. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Thus helping you. you, But if if he is winning, it will appear shorter. (laughs) Beware of the spider, which at times descends to where the labors are consumed and tries to steal a labor. If the spider succeeds, you must collect the stolen labor again. So it's wise to try to hit the spider, which will ascend again. Your opponents are the skeletons and the minotaur, armed with swords, tridents, and deadly horns. <laughs>
2: <God> <laughs> and I uh, thought
1: uh, using the following moves. So you've got a series of moves here. They're they're not quite they're not quite barbarian. <laughs> they're not. And they have some they have some funny names. So in, in non fight you know, not in standard mode, you can turn and walk, advance, shuffle forward. There's a high block if you press down and you can turn around. With the fire press, you've got Mountain Shaker, the Crasher, <laughs> Zeus's Torment, Titan's Gift, with Bip, our Titan mascot. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, Punch of Dead, Low Block, Thunder Kick, and Pluto's Messenger. I don't want to know what Pluto's messenger is, <laughs> but according to this, Pluto's messenger just says leg sweep. That's the, uh, the the actual name for that is a leg
0: sweep. Yeah, all right. What's that got to do with Pluto? So,
1: well, a mountain shaker is an overhead blow. A punch of the dead is a punch. A thunder kick is a kick. Titan's gift is a low cut. Zeus's torment is just a mid blow. And the crasher is a head blow. So <sighs> that's all you ever need to know about this bloody game. First impressions then. Uh, the music does not feel particularly Herculean. No, it I does would not. say. It had a sort of a cinematic-y feel-ish to the titles. They tried that, kind of like fade in, fade out, of, you know, single title things. I've seen it a couple of times in games. But the music felt like you were in a Greek taverna, just, you know, wait, waiting for your... Uh, your <laughs> waiting for your Giros. tap house. Yeah. You start with two options, Realm of the Damned and the Minotaur Demo. Choose the Minotaur Demo and the loading will begin, and it's a slow old thing. Um, the mm-hmm. demo was a heavily barbarian-inspired fighting game between a club-wielding Hercules and a Minotaur. No idea what the purpose was as the Hercules didn't do anything aside from get beaten and the Minotaur just slaps him around. Yeah. The background graphics were a very elaborate yes. medium-res image. Not sure what of. Kind of a Mount Doom hellscape, I guess. It looked quite reasonable, actually. All said and done. The main sprites were quite big and bold with some interesting animations and fight moves. Anyway, I had to reset it from that because it didn't do anything. <laughs> was just watching Hercules get beaten by a minotaur and not very good. So then I went back, reloaded loaded in option one this time, which was, of course, Realm of the Damned, Damned, Dam. Um So I found myself able to control a bearded Hercules wielding his massive club and smashing his way through attack wave after attack wave of skeletons, initially at least. The background detail was reasonably, I suppose, it kind of a sort of a ruins kind of thing. Mm, it's all right. Yeah, it's not, I said reasonable. There's some okay animations. um, I kind of suppose they sort of look the part, the sprites, I guess. It's not quite as good as Barbarian, which is clearly the key influence for this. I mean, they've just looked at Barbarian and gone, how can we make a Barbarian style game? Hercules, no one's in Hercules. Oh, didn't he have all them labors? We don't have to worry about that. You just have to keep fighting the various enemy baddies while the labors drop out the sky in puffs of smoke and you have to collect them. How lame is that? (laughs) How lame of a thing is that? Of all the things you could do with a Hercules game, you have to collect things that appear in puffs of smoke and just fight skeleton after skeleton after skeleton after skeleton. That's all I ever got. Yeah. When you collect them, it lights them up. They're all strewn in the top and bottom borders. All, all of them is graphic, little graphic images. Eventually, once you have them all, you get to fight the Minotaur, which is next to impossible. Actually impossible. To, you, you can't win. It's impossible to, once you fight that Minotaur. So you're never going to beat it ever. Don't try. Waste any wasting time. So you've got a number of moves at your disposal. Like I said, all activated by the joystick. You can block, of course. But like I said, devastating moves like the Mountain Shaker, Punch of the Dead, the Smasher they're pointless or meaningless because this is a dull 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 ploddy fighting game that's Akin to a few other things we've seen, but without any of the interesting bits either. This is really just keep fighting and while things drop out of the sky and collect them. And that's all there is to it. Great idea of, you know, this is such rich tapestry of material to build a game upon. Hercules of all the things. I mean, it's there's so much that Hercules did in all of that time. There's tons of stuff you could build and put into this game and make it interesting. Loads, mm-hmm. even if you just nixed, blatantly nicked some of the ideas out of Jason the Argonauts, the skeletons popping up out of the ground, for example, a bit like Golden Axe golden axe does that you know you yep. can take from these things what you want so this is like if you imagine golden axe with all of the fun removed and all of the scrolling removed and all of the characters <laughs> you fight removed and all the animations and everything else removed taken right back to its basics um and then even then it wouldn't be this 10 pounds uh 10 pounds sorry it was for this 51 percent. i think that's way high for this i yeah. think there's something there is some impressive graphics here and there but overall this game's flat as a pancake what a waste of a good idea as all well. Hercules is a good thing They're really good stories the Hercules The love the Perseus and Hercules and all the Jason and Arcon- so all those stories are amazing stories to read as a as an impressionable kid There's this, this sort of a rich material there in all sorts of monsters and details and all the rest of it lost in this when your labors turn out to be things you have to get out of a cloud. Now, <laughs> cloud storage is not designed yeah, to be absolutely. put into a game.
0: Hercules, Hercules OneDrive edition. <laughs> exactly, yes,
1: exactly what it is. One of his labors was you know trying to <laughs> trying to connect to his OneDrive. Um,
0: not Forgot his, his password and then I was the authenticator app on him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is this is Hercules versus Dropbox. It's just
1: not very good. Um, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a real waste of time. And the title screen, by the way, had me laughing. As I've posted in our Discord, um, it's a really blocky image of <laughs> of a badly drawn Hercules um, <laughs> stood over a, I'm guessing, some kind of demon or whatever it might be. It looks like a giant lizard d- dragon thing, menacing it with these giant club. It's just, it's just look at my drumstick. It looks like a chicken drumstick is clubbing that. <laughs> I'll post it in uh, in the show notes or something. We'll we'll get away so you can see it. But yeah, it'll
0: be in a what tweet. What did you or think? Something.
1: You can't tell me you like this because I thought it was
0: arseholes. God no, the samurai warrior people are back. <laughs> yeah, God, I thought it was them in another historical beatmap. I knew as soon as that font appeared. As soon as that font appeared, I was like, "That's the samurai oh, yeah. warrior." Less font. choices this time. Yeah, way less choices. Yeah, no long p and wangdu or whatever. Um, <laughs> I knew we were back in for another round, dodgy round of pointless, weightless fighting, and I was right. Boring fight after boring fight against Skeletons. How do you get Agano style fighting wrong? It just just, just, Oh, how? You just do it by making it like this. There's no weight to anything. Sometimes it hits land, sometimes it don't. Sometimes energy goes down, sometimes it doesn't. I suppose that's because of the snake. It's not very well communicated, if I'm perfectly honest. Why is my club (laughs) see-through? Simple things like that. Why is it not a solid sprite? Why is it a high-res (laughs) see-through thing? Don't do that. Why are the sprites a mixture of all sorts of styles? Like the skeletons and Hercules are like multi-coloured, multi-res sprites. All the backgrounds and those things that drop from the sky are all single-colour high-res ones. It's just ugly. Don't mix them. Unless but mix you, your yeah, reses. Don't. The blocky, indistinct backgrounds and the muddy fighting spikes is the icing on this old crap cake. Nope. Yeah, it's better than Samurai Warriors, but that's not saying a lot. IK Plus exists. Barbarian exists. These are your your creme de la creme at the fighting top. If you're going to release another one, you've got to be better. You have to be better. Yeah. The only interesting thing about Hercules, just as an aside, when I saw the film Seven, I was inspired to go try and write something else. They were just nicking something else around 12. They're doing a serial killer based around the number. And I thought of the Hercules uh, uh, things. I thought, oh, 12 tasks of Hercules, weren't there? And then I went and read what they were, and I went, there's no way I can make this into a serial killer film. (laughs) (laughs) Really weird. I just be. I just
1: like. I, I, how do I clean someone's tables? So how does he? <laughs> yeah. this, this serial car has got the strangest
0: mo. It, I just, you know, the, the seven deadly sins work, but why would someone be killing someone by, by, the, by the twelve tasks of Hercules? I, I just, I couldn't make it work. So unfortunately, yeah. you know, I, I just jettisoned that idea. So never, ne, by, never saw a By the, light the way, of day. another little footnote on
1: the title screen that I've noticed. I've been look at it just now. <laughs> you won't be able to see it the same after this, by the way, but. If you notice that because they've if they're given him a loincloth but made it the same colour as his skin, it looks like he's got a really saggy ass, <laughs> yeah. Unpleasantly saggy. Saggy bottom. Not nice. <laughs> Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> no wonder that goat man's going, ah! <laughs> His wrinkly cock and balls are right in his face. <laughs> it's just so weird.
0: It's so crap. It's so, so weird. So crap. It's so crap. Yeah, not good. It ain't good. It ain't. Uh, let's move to the last one for this part. Because uh, those those previous games, Graham, they made me hopping mad. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of our next one, Hopping Mad. This is £9.99 from Elite. Well, this is a strange thing. It um, seems like this had been released previously under the name Catterball, on a hit pack compilation back in 1987 along with the game's great Gurianos, Airwolf 2 and 3DC weird i know i never I, obviously they never got reviewed i don't know what they what what they are or anything Back then, Catterball only had eight levels, um, uh, but it's essentially the same game, Uh, except now here we are in 1988. This has been spruced up a bit, and it's got some new levels, bringing it up to 12. However, this seems to now be enough for them to charge £9.99 for it. So it's gone four added levels. Not a lot else has changed. The title screen, the music is exactly the same. They just had four levels, and put it out on its own and charged the tenor for it. Weird. I don't know. Is it worth it? What the hell is a hopping mad anyway? This was coded by Chris Coupé. Coupe, coupe and has mu- music by Mark Cooksey uh, and a nice loading screen by Matt. Uh, there's no story here. This is just like a simple arcade premise. You control a string of four bouncing balls that move from right to left across a scrolling background. They're constantly bouncing, and all you can do is speed them up and slow them down, and if you hold down the fire, it makes them bounce higher when they hit the floor. So after a jolly title screen and a jolly but slightly annoying piece of Mark Cooksey music, the game game is also suitably bouncy and jolly. The UI at the top has your score, the number of lives left, the high score, the number of balloons you've collected for reasons, uh, the level you're on and the time remaining, counting down from a thousand. You've got loads of time to complete these levels. You're never at a loss for time, that's for sure. That's true. Uh, The rest of the screen scrolls from the left. So you're moving right to left. So the opposite of what we normally do, we're going right to left and you go through, there's 12 levels. So level one has you going through a wooded path, Two, you're on the beach. Three, you're underwater. Four, sees you in Greece. Five, sees you in the woods, which is actually the first level from Cataball. Six, you're in the desert. Seven, you're in the Arctic. Eight, you're in some spooky woods. Nine is a different kind of desert. Ten, you're on some floating platforms. Eleven, you're floating platforms in space. And finally, 12, you're on an alien planet. So they're the background levels. That's what you do. Should you complete that? You go straight back to level one to do it all again without even a note of congratulation. Nothing, just restarts level one. What an annoying thing that would be. Anyway, each level is packed with a variety of themed stuff, some that will pop one of your four balls, because there's four in a row. So it's like a conga, they're boing. They're all in a sort of four going down behind it like a snake. Some things that can be squished and some that can be collected for bonus points. So in all the levels, there are balloons to be collected, which give bonus points. But in level one, there are apples to be collected off trees and grubs to squish if you land on them. But there are also Venus flytrap plant, which looks suspiciously like the um, piranha plants from Mario. Um, there are bouncing enemy balls. There's birds and flying bugs, rocks on the floor, and hedgehogs. As I said, if you hit any of these, um, if you hit, as I said, hit any of these with any of your four, one of your four balls will pop. Uh, if you hit four things and pop all your balls... <laughs> stop saying balls, you lose one of your lives. Death knocks you back a little, but not all the way back to the beginning. So that's a good thing. So you, you, you knock you like a little bit in the level, but not too far. So it's quite easy to get through. Ending a level is just arbitrary. It just stops. We had this on another game that we're playing, some shoot up Levels just stop when there's actually more seems to be scrolling on. It just says level two and you're in the next one. It's really weird. But at least you start every level with four balls, even if you manage to do the last one with only one left on that life. So that's another nice thing. So essentially you can take four hits per life. If you do that, as long as you've got one left, you keep going. Um, and sometimes it's easier to actually do with only one ball bouncing, but obviously yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's harder to maybe grab the balloons that are back warm again. So, so it's a bit of risk and reward. The controls are simple enough with left speeding your chain of balls up and right slowing them down. And if you hold down fire, you make them bounce higher when you sort of bounce off the floor. And with this control method, it's, it's, it works. This game works pretty well. You're never sure what's coming next and reacting when to do a high bounce or speed up or slow down exactly to avoid an obstacle is where the skill of this comes in. It's a fairly simple premise, but I thought it worked pretty well. And the challenge of this is well judged, with level one being fairly easy, and then each subsequent level offering a different range of obstacles and challenges. The graphics are nice, with some varied and mostly well-drawn backdrops, scrolling by, and a varied assortment of sprites on display. The scrolling is smooth, and the control is responsive. This ain't half bad, truth be told. Uh, I quite enjoyed this. I wasn't sure at first, but it's a, a light-hearted, jolly old thing. It's a weird thing. It's a video game. It's a ge- video gamey game. You know, this could only be a video game. There's not, nothing else you could do with this. It It just feels like a... We're just going to make a game. I'm not going to try and slam it with story or anything like that. It's just bounce these balls, get them through. Let's avoid the objects. I'm not sure it's really worth £10, though. I can see on a compilation it would be great. A budget, this would be a steal, but I feel that Elite have been a bit sneaky here, releasing this with just four extra levels and charging full price for it. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a tenner's worth of game. It's not that it's a bad game. It just feels like it's perfect budget bargain fodder. Got, you you took this out at two, three quid, and I think you'd be, have been all over this. It'd have been ace. People would have really loved this. for £10, though. I think it's a bit much. It's a decent game. It's just odd that it was released at full price after being on a on a um on a compilation. I did like it though. What about you? Um uh, uh, uh,
1: well I sort of did and didn't. I mean it'll definitely have you hopping mad. I don't generally like these sort of sort of bouncy games really, if I'm honest. Um I quite like Cauldron 2, but that novelty that was wear off after a while. So on the surface, there's okay presentation here, isn't there? A jolly old tune for Mr. Cooksu's alright. There's a few things to like in there. The game graphics are okay. There's a lot of brown. It changes
0: as you go through the levels though, I have to say, that's just yeah, the yeah, first Yeah, there's, there's some
1: neat little sprites. The, that the physics was good, bouncing's good. I just found it. I personally found it borderline impossible. I didn't like the. I couldn't get anywhere in it. I was trying really hard and just kept getting seemingly getting nowhere. I can sort of see that you might want to. You might want to persevere. But I just felt that there wasn't a lot of game to it for ten quid. I felt like it was this was. It felt like it was one ninety nines worth of game, but or a compilation game. You could you
0: could yeah yeah. totally
1: that totally that you know. And I imagine if you well you might have got this on a cover tape and for that there's a you know, there's quite a lot to contend with there's lots of things that will zap you in your lives away and this and if you persevere you're probably going to get good at this as well there's a, there is that about it it's a bit samey for me but i can see the i can see the the niche market for it and the audience for it i just think it's expensive at this point yes. yeah so nice graphics here and there decent setup and some interesting nation notions of gameplay i personally found balancing games like this quickly frustrate me i think that frustration may have been mitigated by a lower price tag 64 it's probably probably about right if not a bit high but for me but it, it it just it also felt a bit like a like an like you said it's sort of a bonus game taken to the extreme there's not a lot there's not a lot of place for you know, where's it going to go you know how far yeah. is it going to get with it eventually it's going to get
0: fed up it's the same stuff through it's just different sprites that you've got to avoid through all the 12 levels with different themed backgrounds yeah. and they just come at different you know come at a different pace and you've got to kind of learn them so as a budget title that works but as a full price title you want variety yeah it's just you yeah, i it seemed like
1: a lot of a lot of money for a lot much game yes yeah so, i agree now but the game itself it's not a bad game just the wrong price i i don't like these kind of games generally but i could see that there might be people out there that kind of get into it so yeah it's all right for that but pricey very
0: pricey pricey yeah cheek as i said cheeky elite have been a bit like mm, dubious here i think yeah dubious yeah I, I agree i agree dubious practice anyway there we go right that's uh that's first part over with that's uh five games of varying quality some very low but whatever we'll see how they'll get on in the second part of games but before we get to those we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with the singles uh what was going on in uk singles for august 1988 so if you're not hopping mad with some of those games then please stick around we'll be back in a bit
3: The novel Escape from the Commodore 64 by David Hearn is out now. Growing up in the 80s is a chore for Sarah, who feels misunderstood by her parents and badgered by Reese, her bothersome brother who incessantly prattles on about his treasured computer games. When Reese tells her one of the games tried to pull him inside the computer, she laughs off his fanciful fib. She waggles the joystick to disprove his fairy tale and is pulled into the computer. Now trapped in games she'd never had any interest in playing, how can she possibly beat them? With the help of feisty Nell, another trapped player, can Sarah find her way back home or is it game over? An evil madman, a hostile planet, bloodthirsty robots, a never-ending throng of karate experts, and relentless digital soldiers will do their best to ensure Sarah never escapes. Available from Amazon and all good online retailers, find out if there's a way out of the beige bread bin of betrayal for Sarah in Escape from the Commodore 64.
0: And we're back. So singles, uh, there is only one number single, number one single all month, Graham, and it is the only ways up by Yaz and the Plastic Population. Yes, it is. But now, of course, the only ways down. Yeah, man. absolutely. It's a okay. uh, it's a weird oxymoron, isn't it? I guess. Or, uh, it, yes, it is. Yeah, good song. We said last time, good song. It is. Yeah, very good song. Uh, all right, so let's get into new singles then. Seventh of August, number six, "The Evil That Men Do" by Iron Maiden that he's talking about themselves in the songs. (laughs) The video for this is a bit of a math thing.
1: (laughs) Um, So it's got a really sort of Dramatic intro, hasn't it? And then the bass kicks in. You can can you hear that bass? <laughs> yeah. um, does he play that with hammer topped fingers or something? It, it's really he must, heavily loud.
0: I don't know. It's, it's also that that bass rhythm that all those songs have. It's like a horse racing. Yeah. <laughs> like every, every, every three beats, three.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I, I did a checklist for what the video contains. Greasy long hair, check. Spinning. Mm-hmm of the guitarist check yep low angles and a crowd you from the front of the stage check yep stage shots generally check backstage walking around looking lost shots check yep. guitar neck held at awkward angle check
0: <laughs> yeah also standing well, uh, on monitors
1: yes foot on monitor
0: yes Foot on monitor singing plenty of that from old brucey
1: dickinson yeah yeah, yeah. he's you know that's how he supports his uh his, <laughs> his legs
0: <laughs> they call him Old Monitor Stander,
1: <laughs> but it's not—it's not a bad song. It's very Iron Maiden of that time. So, yeah, yes, is what it is.
0: Number thirty-six on the beach, nineteen eighty-eight by Chris Rhea.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's the riff we all recognise.
2: Yeah,
1: so yeah, we all recognise that background music for a cocktail party.
0: I yeah, I never knew it came from this. I I did recognise it from a dance track, and yeah, it was E People featuring Robert Walker called we yeah. loved 2001 yeah. um is the one i recognize this from um, yeah but yeah number 69 is blind by talking heads um the first video i've come <laughs> across so far that features someone suffering from low polyism yeah let's see we said it was spreading well actually i think he had it last last time didn't he matt bianco whatever his name matt is bianco he had it and, uh, yeah that's only because so this is possibly
1: the second person no so. it, was,
0: it was was it matt bianco i don't know who it was it no it was that it was brother beyond
1: wasn't it Brother Beyond had it, yeah, and Brother all these Beyond, guys. Yeah. This, uh, the lead, so spread to the lead singer of Talking Heads.
0: There, it has, You see uh, how yeah. this can happen. You got to give generously, Well, this can keep happening. It's a crappy song. It's the one we mentioned, yes. or I mentioned when we looked at the album a couple of months back. Yeah, poor, yeah, poor yeah. Talking Heads. Poor. It's just not very good. What's happened to them? Not good. Yeah, it isn't Billy Idol is number number seventy-one with "Catch My Fall." Ooh, I didn't like this song at all. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a Idol. I like some of his stuff, obviously, but not this. You're right. It's got a really poppy bass when it starts. Sounds like Tiffany. It does it sound like, like Tiffany. Tiffany. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And not as you said, his, his sneering is out of control. Oh, it's, it's it's like it's got a mind of its own. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Well, I posted a picture there if you want to have a look. It's, it's like it's become an affliction. <laughs> yeah, totally. Please give generously. <laughs> for, for, those, <laughs> for sneering. Yeah, it's, a,
1: without, it's without a, yeah, out of control, yeah, sneering, sneering without control. It's, it's <laughs> like his lips have just got a mind of their own, and they're singing a different song.
2: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very really odd because it's,
1: really it's weird. too much
0: sneering for this like sort of light poppy Tiffany-esque song. Yeah, it, work. it doesn't match. It's, it it's, doesn't. It's at not all. the first.
1: It's not the first break in the Matrix for these songs in this in this episode. I'm telling you
0: now. No, yeah, it's one. Yeah, um, number seventy-three is "Turn the Music Up" by Chris Paul. Good
1: track that is actually from a good London-based house producer at the time. There's some really good remixes of that as well. It's quite, it's quite a famous housey te- house, acid house techno track. Um, sort of predates a bit of all of that stuff. It's really good, um, but um, it's how it should be done. How it, right. if you're going to do it, do it like that. I'll take your word for it. Well, remember we said last time about s Express? You know, mix a bit of '70s disco, put a few beats like that in it. Don't go crazy on, on the stupid sampling, as we noted last time with the <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, you know, don't do that. Do do it the way they've done it. There, it's
0: very yeah. good. Well, there's a, there's a better track of this. Type coming up mm, there uh, is. for me for me anyway, but there you go. Number seventy six is the right stuff uh, by Vanessa Williams. Hi, um, do you like Vanessa Williams? <laughs> 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 is, this, is she the one that's saying that?
1: That sometimes the sun comes out in yeah, June, I think that, she did. Sometimes yeah, the sun goes around the moon and it doesn't do
0: that. But I was quite uh, surprised at just how much this did sound like Janet Jackson. It's produced by the same people, yeah, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy
1: Jam and Terry Lewis. It's exactly like it.
0: It's exact yeah, just with a different vocal so it's like that. Yeah. that sort of stuff. I, love, the the car, si- I so- love that.
1: Yeah, that electro synth sound in it is ace, so the
0: bass sound really good in that. It's just such a good such a good vibe. Yeah. It's not I mean it's not for me. I appreciate you know it's cleverly done and will appeal to some people, obviously you, but not not me, yeah. it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, number seventy-eight is What Love Can Be by Kingdom Come. God,
1: God. <laughs> check this out when we put this in the show notes for the video. The hair is extraordinary in this. <laughs> Yeah. I've posted a couple of pictures there. It, it's, it's just, it's just, it, this is crazy hair, even by crazy hair metal
0: band standards. That one this on the is left, mad. that first picture, is the first thing you see when this video starts. It's just wild. It's like, it's, it's it's just wild. I have to say, I'm just going to stop us, just stop us there. I think this actually might be the hairiest music section we've actually done. I think there's it so is. much hair in this section. What I like about this is right at the very end, there's something that just comes stomps on all that hair. We'll get to that. <laughs> but just, it just so cuts hairy. it all off. But this this episode is so hairy. It's mental. It
1: the lead singer's hair is in this is, is actually a parasitic amorphous symbiont. That operates its host by penetration of long tendrils directly into his brain. I think it must be. It's also be. the exact same hairstyle as the woman that dives in the mirror in Prince of Darkness.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I don't believe it's so. real. So I've taken a picture of them both, sort of thing. Meatball Marinara.
1: <laughs> that should be their band name, really, looking at that just it's overwhelming
0: I look at those two pictures of those two they don't look they're from the same band they don't even look like they're from the same era he looks <laughs> the singer looks like he's singing for taking a picture from the 1970s it does it really does it's like the
1: brotherhood of man versus axel Rose gone
0: wrong <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Axel wrong <laughs> it's Axel wrong
0: oh dear yeah
1: I'm not even sure how he described that hair on the right that is part mullet center parted <laughs> Long hair. I don't even know that's even possible. He found a way to make that happen.
0: He did find a way to make it happen. He's somehow. so
1: high. He's so his face is so far down his hair. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> and those eye- those eyebrows.
1: He <laughs> can only be in portrait photographs.
0: It's not impossible for
1: him to be in landscape. <laughs> you would be too far back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just just all wrong well, let's move on before i start you know things start <laughs> happening number 80 goodbye mr mckenzie by goodbye mr mckenzie good song actually that it is a way. it is a good song yeah they're a good band goodbye mr mckenzie and as she's right, rightly you know, it's shirley manson's first band yeah the singer in this video though is very wild-eyed
1: yes very and it's just a kind of wild-eyed looking band aren't they so, yeah,
0: interesting, curious, and interesting. Mm, they were good. Fourteenth of August in at number twenty-four was King of Emotion by Big Country. Never a big fan of Big Country, really. I liked a couple of their tracks, but not
1: not this one. <laughs> no, good intro though, and then it all falls into a bad old place, doesn't it? Yeah, so. it took it really did take a turn for the worse. This one, it did. Yes, yes, it was the king of emotion. <laughs> or the king of emoticons, as it would be now, I suppose.
0: I suppose it would. Yeah, king. Of, yeah, number thirty <laughs> is Running All Over the World by Status Quo. <laughs>
1: I like rocking all over the world by Status Quo.
0: Just changing one word for a charity single. It's not much effort, but all right. <laughs> yeah, it's charity in it. It's for, cheering, it's for charity. Yeah. More massive hair. I mean, running. I mean, Status Quo. More big hair. Number thirty-five. Big hair in this video. Sweet Child of Mine by Guns and Roses.
1: Yeah. Do you think that's the most recognizable Guns and Roses song out of all of those?
0: Yes, that
1: riff. Yeah. That
0: riff at the beginning
1: has to be do That bloody haunts me that. <laughs> as you will it know, uh,
0: yeah, it, it's definitely. I think it's, well, I mean, welcome to the jungle, Paradise City, don't cry, but I think this is above and beyond. They, all, think, all pa- of I think
1: Paradise City, because of the big epic beginning, but I think as soon as anyone hears that riff, you, you know it's Guns and Roses and it's Sweet Child of Mine,
0: yeah. I think, yeah, I think this is their big one, um, and, and I think this is the one that starts to catapult them to massive yeah, global star status, yeah, global. yeah, global fame here at this point. It's weird, it's, it's strange, isn't it? You see these coming in at number 35, and it's like, you know, knowing what's going to happen over the next few years with things like yep. use your illusion one and two and stuff and Crazy. down the line number 41 is i won't bleed for you by Climby fisher didn't, I ask, you to, to didn't make ask you, ask you
1: that. to yeah he bloody well didn't didn't need to bleed for me and it's a bit grim that um, not my cup of tea at all Climby fisher i tried it but no. no no a climb too far for me yeah Climy um, and climb is not a name it's a verb isn't it? <laughs> it's, that a, d- it's, a, it's it? a description yeah it says that i'm not going up there it's too climby <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, it's a, or it's a dwarf <laughs> yeah
1: Climby the dwarf. Climby, yeah, could be Climby. The one that not, never quite made it into The Hobbit. He's in, he's in later editions. <laughs> Gimli and Climby.
0: <laughs> the unabridged version of Lord of the Rings. You <laughs> have my axe, and I'll climb the wall for you. Bog off Climby. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you. There's nine in this fellowship.
1: It's like you challenge J.R. Tolkien with that, that, that kind of dialogue. Bog off Climby. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm with you on it, so I can feel it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, for a moment... <laughs> it is what here, it is. <laughs> he was here with me in the room. <laughs> or oh, that may have been J.R. Hartley. At number 44, Superstitious by Europe. Oh, God, this video.
1: <laughs> Why is the singer channeling David Coverdale in it? Why? I don't Why? know. The intro is really over dramatic and they're all stood in a line in sort of silhouetted <laughs> shadow and shade and black and white. It's
0: like, oh, Goodness it's like me. crap Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Yeah, and then it goes so close to Joey Tempest's face, <laughs> it, he even is frightened. He's like, oh! When they ask for a close-up, I mean, a big close-up, don't go that close. No. That's too close. That's too I can, close. I can see up his nose. I mean, Christ, and I can see see right down in the back of his head. He's also, it's a really weird face. Yeah, it is. A striking-looking guy, but, you know, weird-looking So in much
0: heart. hair. So much that's hair again. The luminous
1: hair. It's ridiculous how much hair there is. The burl in there is beyond belief. The hairy burl. <laughs> Because um, he's, a, he's a skinny little thing as well. He's a skinny little man because he stood there in silhouette at the start so you get an idea of his skinniness and then his hair is unleashed and it takes up all, it just blocks all the light out of the studio. Like, oh, <laughs> Christ's sake, we need more lights. <laughs>
0: But then we'll set fire to the hair. It's a bad <laughs> conundrum. That's why they were in like very, very low lighting in the opening sequence. I think. Yeah, Can, they were cooling anyway.
1: down. Yeah, because yeah. that light that's behind him in that picture—it's actually ten miles away. I
0: did notice though. Why does he sing with his hands in his pockets? That's the David Coverdale way. That's, that's yeah, what I see. He's uh, doing that's his, true, He's doing yeah. his Coverdale. I was wondering what hand malformation is he hiding. <laughs> what
1: Tempest.
2: are you doing,
0: Tempest? Tell us. What have you got in there? Are you trying to peel an orange in there? What are you doing? Yeah, what's going on? At number 46, where did I go wrong? UB40. That's a long yeah. list, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is for them.
0: Yeah, I, do, yeah. you want, do you really want the list? It looks a bit like Rick Astley in that video as well, like a fat Rick Astley. I've done my UB40 time. I'm not watching yeah. any more of their crap, no matter what they <laughs> release. Not do, I'm not yeah. doing it. UB40. IB nearly 50. Bollocks to that. <laughs> yeah. In uh, at number 55, there was Every Girl and Boy by Spanier. Oh, my God, no.
1: No. With well, this is shit on every level, every level that it can be. I mean it's clearly trying to yeah. be a popular in the gay clubs, etc. of the time, it, trying to adopt that high energy sound that many of the tracks did, that euro high energy. Doom 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 doop 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 that kind of thing. Yep. But this is kind of a crap new beat variation. And it, it's actually really shit, and her hair is massive, massive. <laughs> so it's a new high for her for Spanish. This is Spanish Spani- hair's gone mad. It's it's taken over. <laughs> yeah. She's another one where where the, the hair is singing out of a face. That is not a human being. That's a hair. That's hair that's adopted a way of singing, and it's just a symbiont.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's happened this month. Just the hair has gone crazy. It's a hairy month. <laughs> does, that is why. And oh, no, on the blue background as well to make it even bigger. It's like wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I reckon there was supposed to be something projected on there, but nothing could be because the hair well, just sucked it all in. Yes. And the, but the funny thing is now with the you know the techniques of
1: modern composition we can put whatever we want in the background of that can't we we could do yes i Very might put easily. her down a
0: toilet really easy that bog brush <laughs> bog brush head, the Spaniard bog brush <laughs> she, she would have uh made a fortune from that i reckon she'd have been able to live off that royalties for for many years i'm year. telling you
1: anyone from jml listen to our <laughs> podcast there you go the spania <laughs> the
0: Spaniard bog brush
1: it could co- it could sing call me as you clean the toilet <laughs> <laughs> it could do I, I, mean, I want to there. <laughs> there we go I will not want it to
2: though
1: I'm smashing the batteries in that thing even if you take the batteries out that song will, it still plays it somehow
0: it does yeah it doesn't run on battery power it runs on pure hair
1: power well it's connected to uh, the central Spania by like Borg like um, Wi-Fi they're all they're all one they're all one Spania
0: <laughs> all the Borg brushes in the world <laughs>
2: yeah it's yeah. all just they're one all, Spania all... yeah
1: exactly it's like the Borg we are the Spania <laughs> <laughs> please somebody out there make a redux of a Borg attack with Spaniard music on it just for me I think they should
0: just for you at number 61 is I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joe Jett and the Hearts. more big hair but I really like this song. It sounds exactly as you, and sounds and looks exactly as you imagine it would. Absolutely. But there's nothing wrong with that when it's done this well. This is a really yeah. good song. That drop that drop for the title line into the chorus is, is ace. I yeah. really, really like it. It's just a great track. It's not an original song of hers, is it? But it's it's all man. Right, no, probably not. Um, and I have to say as well that she she looks pretty um, fabulous in this video No, as no well. there's no argument there. Yes. I have to, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Yes. She's a very, very attractive lady. In at number 69 is Answers to Nothing by Midge <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, this this song it does answer nothing.
0: It does answer nothing, but this is like the antithesis of the hair. There's a lack of hair here, but way too yes. much face.
1: Too much face. It's way ah, it's too, much
0: t- face. <laughs> too much face. Too much face. You've used your face too much. Don't
1: use your face that much for anything. No. It's try. It's preachy. Too much thinking's required. It's really weird when it starts as well because it sounds like he's really. It's like he's put himself really central in his own mix, so it's like his voice sounds really weirdly clear. It's too much yeah. face. Too much face, massive face. And there's multiple multiple
0: faces as well, multiple versions of his face on screen at some point.
1: It's like watching a really weird Amiga demo just based around Midjour as a concept. <laughs> he just scrolls him in, bounces his face in, his face scrolls in from the left and right, zooms in and out. It's just like the demo by Spaceballs. The demo of
0: Midjour. Midjour Major. Major. Good old Midjour. <laughs> In <laughs> at number 76 is Destroy the Heart by House of Love. I actually quite like that song. Yeah, it's weirdly. good. It is good. Yeah, um, another good. another band that I sort of only really knew one song of, that was obviously Shine On, um, yeah. so it was used to get played at the indie clubs. Um, yeah, yeah. But I've heard a few other bits and bobs by them, and I quite like them. Yeah, th- I thought that was good. They were only sort of together. They were like um, Flock of Seagulls in a sense, where they had, uh, they had a really off. good, yeah, that, that, exactly that, but they had a good core, and then I think they, there was either egos at war, and sort of split apart, after a couple of albums. Uh, okay, pity, because I, I, I believe that there's a good vibe, and a sound to that song, I think
1: it's this, when I listened to it, it felt like it's a, a sound sort of vibe, that we hear a lot more, in other bands, from that time, it's just, there's a development of a sound coming there and we've got we've got one coming up from another band that's and there's a sound developing yeah that sort of I, can't, I don't know what the definition of that sound is i suppose it's alternative rock it says there but indie rock i guess i don't know what you call it but there's a sound yes. developing and it has that sound to it
0: mm-hmm. that's certainly true number 82 is kingdom Cheers by the soup dragons no yeah a, this is our art don't know never really liked them yeah i'm the same i like i'm free but i listen to this why does this the song finishes after three minutes but it's five minutes, 18 long. And so there's just two minutes of noise of like, they're just sort of, they do that thing where they sort of do noise and then come back with the chorus. It's like, no, no, no. Your song finished two Mm. minutes ago. Just stop. Stop the recording. Stop. Someone stop at number 89. Don't you know what the night can do by Steve (laughs) Winwood. so smooth. So smooth. When I played this track, all the creases fell out of my shirt instantly. (laughs) Absolutely. My face is now like it was when I was 18. It is. It actually (laughs) is. Look how smooth. It's it's so smooth. Your glasses can't stay on. (laughs) Absolutely. My nose dropped off, early
1: on. I had To stick it
0: back <laughs> right on, it was, my, it was only my wrinkles, like keeping my glasses on. Absolutely. My eyebrows have fell off now. I had to, I had to stop listening to it sort of thing. So I was feeling parts of my other parts of my body getting smooth around. Exactly,
1: you've been smoothened. <laughs> that's the song that'll do it. It's so smooth. Oh, it's seriously smooth.
0: <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, you know, a pristine ironing. It is. You like you've been freshly ironed. Twenty <laughs> first <laughs> of August. This is a big one for well. It's a, I think it's a big one for C64 and Amiga owners. Number 20, Mega Blast, Don't Make Me Wait, by Bomber the Bass. Yes, legendary
1: double A side from Bomb the Bass with, of course, um, it's a Mega Blast, um,
2: yep. which
1: was, of course, used on the Amiga game. Xenon 2. Yeah, even I know really, this one. Really, good. It is a really good track. It is is six. It's good. It's even the in-game music in the Amiga game as well, which was always a cool thing. Yeah. It's, um, it's so, the, is good.
0: that the tune? It's, it's, it's a carpenter piece, isn't it?
1: Assault, Assault Priest 13. 13, isn't it? Yeah. It is,
0: yeah. And, 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 and. But It
1: speeded up because it's, it's a lot slower in the Carpenter version, but yeah, it's definitely that, the main theme of that,
0: yeah. yeah. So, you've, and so you've got all that cool stuff and then it appears in an Amiga. I mean, what's not to appeal to us about
2: yeah. that track?
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember as soon as that, I remember getting the original of Xenon 2 on my Amiga. I remember loading it up and it, when it first starts, you get that, and it's a logo of, I think it's, is um, Bitmap Brothers or somebody like that who made that game? I think, I could, and, and then it's, tell, um, yeah. it goes down and down and down. I remember it, just blew, it blew my mind. I mean, it's only plagiarized samples, isn't it? But it actually blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. It was amazing. And there you go. Yeah, good stuff. That's mm. the other track on the A side, the uh, Don't Make Me Wait. Not as good.
0: No, I didn't recognize that at all. I listened to it. I was like, no, don't really recognize good. that one. In at number 26 is Touchy by Aha. So I know you're an Aha fan, aren't you? I am, but not this. No, yeah, what's happened? Who's been touching them? <laughs> they've always had their poppy side like um uh, you know these little sort of light poppy tunes that they've, they've sort of knocked out and released going all the way back to the first some of the first stuff but this is not a good track and it's just not a good single but then again I did say that their third album wasn't particularly very strong um yes, in comparison yes, she did he did. Um, so not good. This
1: this this track sounded to me a lot like uh, Wang Chung's Dance Hall Days. It's there's a very it's a striking similarity between those two.
0: Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. weirdly, that video you've linked to, it, uh, YouTube asked me to verify my age for. That's odd. I think is, is it the is it the word Wang? <laughs> it's the word Dance Hall. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, God knows. Yeah, it's
1: that, it must be the word wang. How weird is that? I don't really yeah, I know anything
0: rude in that. No, I know there isn't. No.
1: I mean, I, only, I remember that song more because it's in Bachelor Party when they go and that's where that guy, Meat, terrifies that woman with his his giant sausage. His wang. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he gets out, they all applaud.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Potato salad, chunky style. My favourite. Why, why do they call you meat? Clang. That's where he drops it on that... Ch-
1: train everything clanks on the tra- just go and watch the film go and watch it the- my advice is it's a funny
0: film it is it is number 31 is the race by yellow
1: you yeah, the race the lyrics are actually a very 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 in-depth analysis of, of horse tranquilizers <laughs> um they're currently enjoying something of a relaunch aren't they because um i noticed I that um bomb bomb you know the one that does that that's now being used in the mcdonald's adverts where when when they do the bomb bomb people raise their eyebrows (coughs) and that turns into the mcdonald's m Uh, exactly you're being programmed you bloody androids don't eat fast food like that it's bad for you and the environment and it's killing everybody anyway on to the next song
0: (laughs) (laughs) number 46 um i'm gonna be 500 miles by the proclaimers i thought this was released way before this i don't know why uh, I did as well, actually, but obviously not. Maybe it was. Maybe it's a re-release. It was did say new entry, so we'll soon see if it goes to number one. Is, it goes to number it's not one a terrible song,
1: is it? It's not a terrible song. Catchy no. enough. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of the Proclaimers, but if you know that song is one of those songs. If it's played, you find yourself you no. Know, if I yeah. hever, whatever that is. Um, but yeah.
0: <laughs> when I wake up, when I wake up, I'm going to be, I'm going to be. As my, as my, as <laughs> he walks a lot of miles. It's a long it, way, 500 miles. He does. His uh, Google Fit app is going to be well pleased with him. No. Nah, 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 nah. It is,
1: yes. He's, he's he's done his steps, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then he's proclaimed it to everyone. I always felt the name was a bit like, uh, you know, a bit of a listen to us thing. It's a bit of a, you know,
2: well, I might <laughs> not a, want to, you
0: know. I don't care about it. Bugger yeah. off. Yeah, bugger off. <laughs> away away with
1: you, Climby. <laughs> Bog off. Claimy and Claimy.
0: (laughs) The two dwarves no one wants. The
1: first Um, name with their band was Claimy Fisher. You can't call it that. Get out. You you
0: claimer. (laughs) We're the pro claimers. Okay. We're the amateur Claimers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and at number 66 is dr steen dr stein by ha- it actually says in the chat weirdly enough um just to say this number 66 it's by Hall- it's by halloween in the charts they've got it listed as halloween the following week it goes up to number 53 and they had it as another new entry by halloween weird what blew my mind
1: actually with this is a i didn't even realize it even charted you know no. it, it, it just never occurred to me that and that of all the songs to chart that one it's not it's i listened to it and i was like oh, it's not great it's, it's like not a great song this no it's a bit of there's a couple of weird out al- weird tracks on that album actually that sort of stick out and that's one of them yeah um but when i was on my travels i came across i mean i know Halloween's dr steen were really, really well i know all their albums really well because I'm, I'm actually a, a big fan of Halloween and always have been for years you have um um so No, I know that Dr. Steen's not a great track, but okay, I I listened to it because I thought, you know what? Okay, Dr. Steen, that's funny creatures. And then I came across this alternative abomination version. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently it's an official Halloween video. Yeah, it is. And I was like, I'm looking at it going, what what are you? (laughs) Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. I can't explain how bad it is. Um, it's really, and I think it's it, is. Is it Kisk in that video
0: as well? Uh, to be fair, I, I don't. I don't recognise anyone because they've all changed very much. I thought he was yeah,
1: old these totally. Days, but... Yeah, well, it was. It was, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe that. But it certainly ain't no Doctor Steen Halloween that I'm just familiar with. It's some weird alternate reality version. No. Awful thing as well. Horrible.
0: Some broken mm. lyrics in it as well that I, I sort of never really picked up on before as well. in about, um, he liked the hips of his assistant, so he cloned her yeah. once or twice. twice.
1: Now his hips are aching. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. Okay. Now her hips are aching, what a deal. Yeah. yeah. His assistant's hips were nice, so he cloned her once or twice. Now his hips are aching, what a deal. Um,
0: yeah. More hair, because that's more hair, let's face it. That's more, more hair. hair, Dr. Halloween. More hair at number 88 is Edge of a Broken Heart by Vixen. Um, <laughs> Vixen. Such a, such a great name for an all-women rock band vixen. It is, yeah. Um, I don't know what she's wearing in that bit where they're walking towards the camera at the beginning. Not much. It's, a, it's, a, it's the, uh, a leather it's leotard. A leather tad. Very attractive. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: This I put another checklist in you'll have seen for this. Long hair uh-huh, check, yeah. spinning, low angles, <laughs> stage shots, backstage walking around shots, guitar held at awkward angle again. There's a few extras I put in here. Um, foot taps, roving camera, and backlight walking towards the camera. yes yeah. nice things. All There's those. more in there. You, you could go mad.
0: You could. Um, but you're right. The, the, this song is quite
1: light. It's weird, isn't it? It doesn't match the band and that doesn't match the video. There's an error in the Matrix. Yeah. Something, something's gone wrong. It, it's almost like it's out of sync as well when you're watching it, because it's that that much of an adjunct to what you're seeing. What you're seeing doesn't compute with what you're hearing. It's really odd. Really odd.
0: Yeah, it's because I think the mix of it is really weak. It's a really weak mix. There's not much strong mm. strength in the mix. uh I do like the chorus though. The chorus is quite catchy. Yeah. I've yeah, been living yeah. on the edge of a broken, but it's fine. Um, because what? But there's a bit in it. it just uh, for some reason, it reminded me of Electric Dreams. I don't know why. It, it's yeah, but that's yeah. You're right. It does actually. I think it's just because
1: it's tonally light in that way, and there's that kind of that kind of vibe about it, which just doesn't suit a rock know. band standing on a stage and with da, big da, hair. Da, so.
0: So yeah, it is, it is a vibe, but it has got a vibe of that. It's very strange. I don't. I don't mind the track actually. It's actually all right, but it doesn't fit the sort of. I don't know if the. We'll come to something a little bit later on where we'll sort of discuss these kind of women bands a bit. I think. Or yeah. Well, bands. It's
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that song, but I will be checking out all of Vixen's albums, videos, and just to make sure that. They're, uh, <laughs> you know, just to be sure of what I know.
0: Sure. What you know is exactly what you know. Um, <laughs> in at number eighty-six is "Mary Mary" by Run DMC. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't like Run DMC at this point. Um, but it's it's just not my genre
1: um, of that kind of rap. They're good at what they do, but it's not my thing.
0: No, neither mine either. Look at uh, number eighty-eight is "Look Out Any Window" by Bruce Hornsby and The Range. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's the return of the meatballs. It's <laughs> Meatball Head. is back.
1: I forgot they were the meatballs. Yeah. Bruce Meatball of the Meatballs is back.
2: Look at that tiny, Meatball
1: it's, Head. It's tiny
0: oh, Bruce. Wow. It's tiny Bruce Hornsby on this guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him! Look at that
1: meatball head. That's 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 amazing.
0: I found that goodness in the video. Me. I was p- that, looking looking through the video specifically for a good shot of him. That is a proper meatball. That
1: <laughs> wow, wow, goodness me! Even his eyebrows have gone meatball. <laughs>
0: Full marinara.
1: <laughs> that is such massive meatball head. Gold. That is gold. Bruce, Bruce, meatball, and the meatballs are back.
0: <laughs> Tiny Bruce and the meatballs. <laughs> hey hey listen
1: to me on the Hi. piano let me have, turn around so i can play the guitar
0: that reached the, oh, the way it is doodle-doo, doodle-doo, doodle-doo.
1: <laughs>
0: you get back in that bag you <laughs> absolutely that would climb me 28th of august <laughs> uh, in at number nine is a, a groovy kind of love by phil collins i hate that song yeah it's crap i hate it yeah, it's I crap. Do.
1: It's a ballad written by a, by an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. It's, when I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you. Then I'm not so blue. <laughs> when you're close to me, I can feel your heart beat. I can hear you breathing in my ear. Wouldn't you agree? Baby, you and me got a groovy kind of love. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then the next ones, anytime you want to, you can turn me on to anything you want to anytime at all. When I kiss your lips, ooh, I start to shiver? Can't control the quiver ring inside. No, no, no. It's no. also a
0: song from a film about everyone's favourite lovable train robber. <laughs> I mean, Did they kill it, someone on the train?
1: Yeah, something like. that. I mean, I, I admire the fact that they've rhymed the, they rhymed the word two three times
0: in one verse. I mean,
1: that that's like, you know two. Okay,
0: just, that just takes, that takes some sort of you know that's some lyrical mastering that is. That's uh, you know that's it's terrible. It's not good. It's not nice. It's, it's not the no. thing. The problem no. is it. He's ended it with two, but he's all he's used blue, do you, and blue again in the first yeah. bit. So he's run out of words. He's run out of he's run out of rhymes for two. I'd have to go with cockatoo. I don't think that'd fit. The trouble is, if you're using blue and
1: do and you, then I'm afraid someone's going to insert the word poo, and that's going to be me. When I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a look at you and go for go for a poo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I'm feeling blue, all I have to do is take a big poo, then I'm not so blue. (laughs) And 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 then it's used meat, beet, and of course then
1: there you've got feet and meat you can apply into that. I I would link
0: the taking a big poo, then I'm not so blue, then ooh, I start to shiver. (laughs) Can't control the quivering inside (laughs) when I take a poo. (laughs) Exactly, then... Uh, when you feel it, instead of your heartbeat, you could feel it when I, when when I feel your fresh meat. Absolutely, um, <laughs> this section was for all the uh, scatological lovers of this podcast out there. <laughs> yes, we know we know that you're out there. You know, we know we don't want to uh, we don't want to disappoint you with that. Do we? we don't want to disappo you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Terrible. yeah, it is as I said, everyone's lovable, favorite lovable train robber. You know. <laughs> um in at number 18 is heaven in my hands by level 42 mac king's hair has malfunctioned call the police call somebody
1: call anybody he's more glonk now than human to so be he careful really but it's, his hair is gone it's gone it's changed well he's looking he more and more like the
0: alien bounty hunter from the x-files with
1: every release He does that is that is uncanny isn't it goodness yep. me he does look like that isn't that the killer guy out of um that um cobra as well isn't he the baddie in cobra the uh
0: yes he main, is yeah the i always remember guy, him for yeah. the alien bounty hunter in x-files but yeah he is the, the guy in cobra as well. well and he's also as it turns out the uh singer in level 42 he is yeah very
1: talented fellow i'll give him that but uh yeah not good no no so much thumbing going on in that video he's the bass he went through seven <laughs> bass guitars in the first two minutes just snaps them with his thumb power
0: david dacofney had to keep telling him to turn down the glonk <laughs> that's the next file itself when they were, fil- when, when they were <laughs> filming it's that bass like stop it <laughs> stop it <laughs> can you t- is there any way you can control that glonk no <laughs> it controls me
1: please don't don't make it mad <laughs> don't make it mad or it'll, it'll make my hair worse <laughs> it won't let me cut my hair every time i try and use a pair of scissors it glonks them <laughs>
0: Is glonk a thing that it does? I think that it is. It's like the girl in um, Interview with a Vampire. She cuts her hair and it's just exactly the same a moment later. Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. He just bends the scissors with his thumb power and they're like, no, you're not putting your glonk oh, Don't glonk. Stop glonk. Stop,
0: glonk. Stop glonking everything. Ruin her. Number 20, more hair. Harvester of Sorrow by Metallica.
1: Yeah, I, I like i like that song actually it's a good metallica song if you like classic metallica as it, it goes, is. and it's off it's off and justice for all which is a good album from them
0: it is the jug you the like chug, metallica,
1: yeah the chug is heavy in this one though yeah, it is proper chug chug but that's metallica that's classically good metallica that's classically right? chuggy like metallica that. yeah, uh, yeah
0: In and, and at number 28 he ain't heavy he's my brother uh 1988 yeah. by the hollies yeah goes to number one eventually that as well it not. does yeah and that clip you found him on Top of the Pops, it looks like Thunderbirds come to life. Yes, wasn't it just? It was. It was odd. I don't quite
1: know why it's been brought back. It must be a film or something that it was in.
0: Uh, he, he ain't heavy. Is he, he ain't heavy? He's strong. Might have been on an advert or something. It's in something. Road they always come back. It is something.
1: long. That one. With the yeah.
0: one. That, yeah. At number thirty-three is Tears Run Rings by Mark Almond. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's not his greatest song,
1: actually, Mark Armand. Mark Armand's a very, very good Northern Soul type singer, if you like that kind of vibe. And yeah. his voice is extraordinarily good for that. This isn't a good song from him. No, and it suddenly no. occurred to me that Mark Armand came in for some really utterly unfounded playground and school years of hatred back in the 80s. There was all the tales of Mark Armand, weren't there? And there he was. really was, he became the sort of the poster boy for sort of a lot of that no
0: homophobia and stuff
1: homophobia in the playground as it was back then we don't thankfully we've moved on a long way since then but you know back then when when we were at young school as it were there was all those horrible things i I was thinking back i kind of feel sorry for him that he i don't know how he must have felt about that it must have been horrible really to have all that gossip about you probably yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) and at number 39 is way behind me by the primitives (laughs) good track that yeah i really liked it it's it's more more of the primitives they sound like the primitives um, yeah the more
1: i hear from them the more i like them i found some footage of them on wogan um, yeah, that's a weird which thing which was quite good yeah it's just it was an, and it was that song as well i didn't expect that i just i just couldn't think if i'd seen what they looked like ever so it was nice to put a sort of band to the song yeah and they didn't look anything like i imagined
0: them. the singer did but not the rest of them <laughs> so it's good though all good and at number 45 is shake your thang it's your thing featuring eu by salt and pepper featuring eu or you, or you, or whatever. I don't know who that was. I don't either. Um, I mean, you've noted here that it's a progressive sign that rap did not have the gender hangups associated with a lot of other not music of genres. Them. I've wondered if, were they just a token,
1: like Vixen? I don't know. Salt and Pepper were actually really good at what they did, and Spinderella's a great DJ.
0: So I don't know that they were token, but. I'm not saying they weren't, but, uh, is, is you know, were there many of this ilk? Is it like, oh, there's lo- you know, loads of female rappers. I'm not knocking them and I'm not knocking their ability. I'm just wondering quite whether, a lot from, of from the record label perspective. It's like, oh, we've got a market there that we need to sort of reach.
1: No, I don't, I don't know
0: that that's the case. I think there were a lot more, there were obviously a lot
1: more male rappers than female. So I suppose there is always that imbalance, but yeah. they. I don't know enough about Salt and Pepper to know what their journey was into the record industry and the music business, but there were other female rap acts. There was even some that came out of the UK that did that. Um, yeah, we had the Wee Rapper Girl rappers and stuff. Yeah, well, we had, even prior to that, there was another one with that and thing, wasn't it? Da, 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 da. Yeah. Loving is all I bring. I mean, I know that's not rap as such, but it kind of sort of early reggae rap type. So there's always been space for it. Um, I think they were just, by progressive, I meant more that they... They didn't when I say gender hang-ups, they were they were rapping and out there doing really good rap stuff. They weren't sort of Janet Jackson-y type, you know, that kind of yeah. tokenistic rapping stuff. They were they were doing what they wanted to do. And it's quite interesting to have that. Whereas Vixen and bands like that were very much doing what just female hair metal. And maybe yeah. they were doing just female rapping, but they did seem to be doing their own variation of what rap was and living their own rap life, as it were.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I'm just, i just curious because I can't. I was trying to think of, obviously, rap has a had a, at the time, maybe still so, I don't know, I don't know about it. I, I don't speak no, out no the same, but, I don't know. But there's a there's a level of misogyny that runs through a lot of yeah r- rap music, and so it's. Um, you
1: know, there is a bit. I think. I think we need we need to defer this to a podcast friend Gary and ask for his opinion. Yeah, um, that's true. Once once he's stopped, um, you know, strangling a few more of those uh, chickens that he's been murdering.
0: Absolutely, an excreting brown sauce.
1: Yeah, well, he's it, just been it's just been going on a bit of a chicken strangle. It's just <laughs> something that happens every every January February. <laughs> is that so, just you know.
0: is that just a euphemism for what he
1: does? <laughs> you make of that statement, what you need to make of that statement. You know him just like I do. I will. When he, strangles, when he strangles the chicken, it's a 50-50 conversation about what that really means. Really, Absolutely.
0: When, when he strangles the chicken, <laughs> in at number 54 is raw. <laughs> by, exactly. By, by Spandau Ballet. The chicken is raw.
1: <laughs> He's been yeah, choking the chicken, strangling chickens. He's doing something with chicken. Yes, it is red raw. Very raw. <laughs> did you listen to it? I did. There's a lot of very high trumpety sounds that you would hear on that. Sample trumpets. Very squeaky. They're mm. not actually trumpets. That's actually um, <laughs> the sound of trapped air escaping from the tightness of Tony Hadley's pleather trousers.
0: Um, you know, I'm okay with that as long as he's still, as long as he's 72 miles away from the coast. Well, it's, <laughs> of course, that's, that's the hard, rules, remember. That's it's a law. It's not a rule. Hadley's it's a law, law, yes. Don't Hadley's get all Matt Hancock on me. It's a law, not a guideline.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a law. Um, he's not allowed there, and he can keep his pleather trousers over as well. Those squeaks are so loud. That pigeons attack each other
0: <laughs> to keep him away from the coast. <laughs> they do. Seag- seagulls just dive bomb pensioners. It's a nightmare. That's a nightmare exactly. if he gets near them. Do you know, they have to use a special filter on
1: those sounds <laughs> to, to re- reduce them to the point where they don't you know damage your eardrums. It's so loud. He's such
0: a loud man. That is true. Such a loud man. Um, I did wonder, though, just seriously, if it was the last squeak of a band out of time by this point. Yes. You know, very it's much like, you're so, done. Yeah. you have done, Spandau. You know, you've had your time. You've had yeah, your yeah. new romantic time. Yes, you've done your ballet, move on. Your ballet yeah. shoes
1: don't fit. No. Come on, Tony. Give it... I mean, they're still going. They're still doing it now. He's still out there doing it. Because he can't be stopped. He's not allowed on this land, is he? So he's still out there doing it because <laughs> he's still on a ship. They just keep it sailing round and round and round. Gold. It can never be stopped. It's like that train movie where they're on that train that can't be stopped. It's the same thing. That <laughs> snow piercer. Yeah, it's, just, it's, the, it's the coast piercer. He's just got to keep on going round and round. Don't let, ever let him land. <laughs>
0: Don't, 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 don't ever let him get his sea legs. Out of, his, out of his pleather trousers. Exactly. They took him dangerously close to the Straits of Gibraltar, and they're all bent now. He, he broke. Them. Yeah. He broke the Straits everyone, of Gibraltar. They're all. They're jagged. And everyone blamed it on Hercules. Um, poor Hercules he straightened Hercules He's, Hercules bent
1: them and, and, and he straightened Hadley them. Hadley
0: straightened them. Yeah. that's what happens when you take him near somewhere he just, he, just, he, un, he undoes things that people have done that are proud of exactly bloody stupid Hadley get back in your boat Hadley
1: and keep on trucking keep out there don't you ever come back on land Hadley don't you ever come back you're not wanted <laughs> You're not wanted here. Take your bloody gold medals and get lost. You and and your
0: pleather trousers. (laughs) And at number 72 is the final batch of hair with Stand Up (laughs) by David Lee Roth. Aye, yes. Uh, Everything you'd expect in a David Lee Roth track video.
1: Um, Everything.
0: And, And the opening to that video is problematic. I'll just say that yes straight away <laughs> it, immediately so it's yeah. incredibly like oh no yeah, yeah. i always judge something i'm like if i was sat watching this would i be embarrassed if my partner walked in and i would be <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, would. yeah i would i would i'd That'll just be, be, going, uh, be like what are you watching i'm like oh it's a david lee ross video a it's because i'd be watching a david lee ross video but b just just the women pictures of women it's just awful yeah uh just made him anyway finally sticking a massive foot on all that hair is number 93 by, is gigantic by the Pixies. Oh, well, the first thing I don't think, but you've said, you don't know much about them. I, don't. Um, uh, I do. Uh, so the Pixies were um, a huge, huge band um, signal, the sea change that would become grunge a few years down the line. Uh, yeah. they're part of the start of the backlash against hair metal and one of the first proponents of the quiet then loud then quiet then loud type of song this is essentially what they said they did that would go on to be just about every Nirvana song obviously um, just from the Wikipedia um, article on them it says sonically Pixies are credited with popularising extreme dynamics to stop start timing that we can widespread in alternative rock uh, Pixies songs typically feature hushed, restrained versus explosive wedding chor- choruses artists including Bowie, Matt Noveski, Radiohead, PJ Harvey U2, Nirvana, The Strokes Alice in Chains Weezer, Bush Arcade Fire Pavement, Everclear Kings of Leon Matthew Good have cited admiration like of or influenced by the Pixies. Bono of U2 has called Pixies one of America's greatest bands ever. Radioheads Tom York said that Pixies changed his life. Bowie, whose own music inspired France in Santiago while they were at university, has said that the Pixies made just about the most compelling music of the entire eighties. Crikey Bob. That's that. that's an endorsement, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. They, they they just they came along and they were just at the forefront or they did that thing where they just did, a, did music a bit a little differently so it wasn't yeah. quite punk it wasn't quite rock there was sort of surfer sort of ten, uh, overtones to it they had this weird sort of combination of Kim Deal and, and obviously Black, uh, oh, is it Black Francis I can't remember his name now Um, on lead vocals and it was just this weird kind of discordant but really tuneful, sort of American, just difference. And I'm not a massive fan of them. No, there's a lot of the stuff which is too much for me, but their best songs are amazing. You know, their big tunes well, uh, are incredible.
1: Check more of them out. I was impressed by what I heard. Not my, quite my cup of tea, but it felt very different. Even upon hearing that, I was like, "There's something very different about that."
0: Yeah, it's worth it's worth listening to you know Surfer Rosa and Doolittle if you're going to listen to two of their albums um, and see how you get on with them. I think they're they're probably their best two albums. But even I don't like everything on them. You know, it, they're they're, they're, uh, okay. they're all over the place. You know, divisive and unusual. And... Yeah, they're just whatever they want to be. They weren't. They were just like we're going to do this now. Oh, okay. So we're going to do this like Mariachi type song. And now we're going to do this weird bit now. And now it's going to be this classic sort of indie, you know, indie club anthem. And there's so many of them, gigantic Valoria, monkeys gone to heaven. There's tons of them. They're very, very influential Pixies. And like I said, all this hair through this month. And then right at the end in at number 93 is the, almost like this kind of narrative sort of, <gasps> sort of change in the way that, you know, something came along and completely, this is the start of getting rid of all that hair to some degree. At least that's what I think. No, no.
1: I could See, be wrong. I mean, it was interesting what I heard. It was certainly something that i would not quite heard that before, and I've not heard a lot or any really Pixies knowingly. So I'll be checking a bit more of that out. That's for sure. You'll recognise a lot of them. They used to play loads of them down in Gullivers. Oh, that's what I mean. I think I think I've heard them, but be interesting to put some you know name to the face, as It were a song to the name and a sound yeah. to the face.
0: Yeah, so there we go. That's the um, that's the music for August 1988. It's quite a lot. Loads of hair. So much hair. Meatballs. So hair. Much. Climby, so much stuff going on there. Um, Right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment where we will be back with our last few games for uh, for this episode, so stick around.
3: The novel Escape from the Commodore 64 by David Hearn is out now. Crash landing on a green planet full of vector graphics, can Sarah find a way to escape for real? Or is she stranded on a planet full of sun, sea and chippy tea forever? Imagine finding yourself in a cinematic karate game, having to rescue a princess or remain stuck under the run-stop key forever. What about finding yourself on a space freighter full of robots? Could you clear the decks? If you were transported back to a wild west town, having to round up outlaws, could you survive until sunset? What if you were a wizard with a cat who must color worlds? Could you beat the game, or would a virtual guitar solo announce your demise? Sarah might just be another visitor, but she doesn't want to stay a while, never mind forever. Available from Amazon and all good online retailers, discover if there's a way out in Escape from the Commodore 64. Visit davidhernriter.com to find out more.
0: And we are back. We are back for our last part in this episode. We've got four more games uh, left to get through. So, Graham, you've got the first one. <laughs> and in and in this review, I want to say that every second counts. Okay. Every second counts was a game show, wasn't it? A uh, British game show based on an American game show
1: with the same name. aired on BBC One between 8th of February 1986 and 29th of October 1993. and was hosted by Paul Daniels. Ooh. Ooh. Paul Daniels. ho! Um. It- <laughs> It's the only poor Daniel's impression I can do, and it's not very really good. <laughs> oh, you oh. like this. Oh, not a lot. Oh, you're not going to like this. Not a lot. Each week, three married couples competed against each other to win seconds of time. In each half of the game, one member of each couple sat in, in the driver's seat and answered questions, which were all statements, each with two possible answers. Each correct answer earned seconds, while an incorrect answer eliminated that player from the round. Correct answers in the first half won two seconds, and correct answers in the second half earned four seconds. Players had a choice of two categories of questions for each round. So that's essentially how the TV show played out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is The C64 game is a, a version of that in the mold of the blockbusters type game. So it's a game show yeah. turned. I don't know what the appeal of these games is really um, on the Commodore. Um, I could see blockbusters maybe. I don't know about this one. I don't know if it's a little bit niche. Maybe is I don't know what the market is for these games anyway.
0: I think it's quite popular back in the day. So I don't know. Yeah, there must have been. So the
1: game is, obviously, I say it's based on the TV show. Um, the game can be played by up to three couples in a similar way um, or up to three single players. Single players, however, have to play with one fictional character because you go through a sort of selection screen. So when you get to the um, selection screen, you're presented with a sort of a guess who type view of people. Not terribly looking things, but kind of quirky, weird. One of them always looks a bit like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> you'll notice which one that is. They look, one of them always looks a bit murderous. Um, so you've, you've got a first offensive number of teams then you're allowed to choose one male or one female character and um, then these will be your characters throughout the game um you sort of move this hand around it took me a while to figure this out because it's not doesn't use joystick as far as i could the controls find. are weird so on the Commodore 64 it's the it's the commodore button z and left shift and the delete key which on an emulator on a mac not so easy to find those <laughs> um, so that's quite the challenge was trying to find what the hell i found one key that moved something around and then later these change as well so the left answer is that I'll come to that. So once you've selected your players, you start the game, and you, it's basically done in two rounds and then a bonus round, and then it's round three for another bonus round and then the final round. It kind of plays out as the TV show does. Um, at the bottom of the screen, you get a description of the question for true false round, which is round one. Top of the screen, two boxes appear with two possible answers inside true or false. You've then got a Um, The middle section of the screen is the TV studio with a couple sitting at their desks. This is being very generous. This is from the instructions. I'm not so sure that that's what I saw in there, but okay, it's a kind of version of that. What you have is kind of like a weird view with um, at the top of the screen, you've got angry faced version of the person you play. And then the couple that you've chosen are in the middle. And and the styling of it is like the game show. So it's got kind of weird angular 80s styling. The Bottom of the display, you've got like a question area, and then you've got the true or false sort of flags at the top. It's, it's quite simple, layout, actually. And then there's little speech bubbles and things that appear over you when you're sort of participating in the game, as it were. Um, so, um, there's actually sort of, I think it's question banks you can select in this, I think, isn't it? So it sort of mm-hmm. loads them in, yeah, yeah. So there's up to nine question phases will be displayed below one at a time. The current player then has to select the correct answer by using one of the 10 answer keys. If the answer is correct, then the team score will be increased by two points or two seconds as it should be. If the answer is incorrect, then the score will stay the same. The current team um, will then be turned to indicate that the team is now out of the round. And so it plays out like the TV show. If you make it through that one, when you do, you get to round two, which is identical to the first round except the members of the team um, switch, I think. So um, one of them now gets to answer and the other one is now doing it. Sort of how it works in the, the show, I think. It's a sort of general knowledge bonus round where the keys change again. So you've got menu up, menu down and left shift. This is the one thing I didn't like about this is that the controls shifted around. And I found that because I was trying to follow the instructions and I found it really hard because it's, this is against the clock at the end of the day. And I'm trying to find the keys on the, on an emulator and it just wasn't working very well. Even if I'm remapped them, it was a bit weird, Um so it doesn't work so well in, old, you know, in new emulator zones. This not for a Mac anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I'd say.
1: So in the bonus round, both members of the team can answer questions and you get sort of more of the questions in the order to build up. Uh, the bonuses um and again, it plays out it's the graphically there isn't a lot of variety um round three and four are basically the same as rounds one and two so just more of the sort of same but at this time the obviously the value of the right answers is now four points four seconds instead of two then you get another bonus round then you get the final round scene with the highest score out of the three teams that you're, you're playing in um go on to the final round then you present with two categories you could choose from from the bottom of the screen once the character is selected the answer is displayed at the top in a similar way to what it has before the middle screen section shows the two remaining team members side by side this time rather than behind each other the desk will also change, shows a number of triangular lights. So you remember the triangular lights from the TV show as well? Remember, remember that quite mm-hmm. of the iconic things you remember of it. Number of lights indicated uh, the correct number of answers needed to get to the next section of this round. So then obviously you ask questions, they sat the clock, and then these phrases appear and you've got to answer the questions using the appropriate key again. I had a lot of trouble here because the, the keys changed again and they change it slightly differently depending on which person you are as well. So it's really weird. So the the left player has different control keys to the other player. It's, it gets quite confusing at this point.
0: Yeah. I think you're supposed to play it two player, aren't you? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's the kind of the sort of mirror keys on the opposite side of the keyboard. Yeah. So it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. It's, and, if it's a on a, one. It's,
1: and if you're on, on, a, diff, on a Mac keyboard, they, do, they don't map to the keys exactly yeah. either. So there isn't a, like a, a, the same keys. It's really, I found it quite challenging. So I didn't, get to experience this. I was putting in loads of wrong answers and that wasn't by on purpose. I was just pressed the wrong key. And it was, so I, and I was like, oh, for Christ, I know that's not true. So I was kind of diddling myself anyway. So um I didn't, I have to, I have to say, this isn't a terrible game. Um In fact, it's not a, It's not a bad game. It's not a bad version of Every Second Counts if you, if you go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of questions in there. The questions suffer from ages, the ages thing that we've had before. So some of them are a little bit odd. um yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. They're 80s eight, They're 80 questions, aren't they? So. Yeah,
1: some of them are, and some of them aren't difficult questions either. You know, they're quite easy, some and that's that's yeah. quite good. So, it's, so, the, so one of the things we found in all these other ones when you have to type answers in that they're a little bit they can be quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, these ones aren't terribly difficult. I just found that I was fighting the controls every opportunity in this game to just and it felt like I should just be able to do something simple with a joystick. Now it could have been just left for true, right for false, or. I don't, I don't quite understand the mapping of it. I guess it's designed, that you say, for multiplayers on a keyboard. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I imagine if you're in that, if everyone knows their role and everyone knows how it works and what keys to press, it's actually pretty straightforward from there because it doesn't require a lot of key presses. It, it's you know, at the end of the day, you're emulating a quiz where someone presses a buzzer. So you, all you need is a button that emulates that. I quite liked the way it, does. it was missing its host. I noticed as well. Did you notice that? There's no Paul Daniels image in it, whereas you know Bob Olness was in Blockbusters. No. There's no, there's no Paul Daniels, which is a good thing and a bad thing. That's
0: it's a good, good thing. thing.
1: Is you know, yeah, I mean. But it just it it it's, I don't know if it misses that. I don't suppose it needed a digit digitized pod, Daniels, but it just felt like it was hostless a little bit. And the host brings a, a host for like you said it last time about um um the one of the game shows we looked at in the TV section in the last episode. And um, the host brings almost everything to these shows. It, play your cards right; it's nothing without Bruce Forsyth and. Mm -hmm. This show was nothing without Paul Daniels initially, and I think it changed to Bob Monkhouse maybe later. But either way, it was nothing without its host. So if you take that away, even in a jokey way, even if it's represented by text, it sort of feels hostless and it feels a little bit drab. It does need a little bit of personality to it. It can't just be characters on a screen answering questions, being fired at. It felt a little bit more interrogatory than it should have as a game. Mm -hmm. Um, But that aside, um, I played it through as best I could. I, I didn't think it was terrible or anything, I and mean, it's not expensive particularly. Um, it was uh, coded by somebody called C. Pymnot, um, published by TV Games. Music there is music in it, which was all right. It's a version of the TV theme, TV theme from the game show. It was. It's mm-hmm. not a terrible thing. If you like, I think if you had the space for this and you had a space for this in your library, if you liked the blockbusters and those things, you'd like it. And if you are of that ilk, and you perhaps could, you liked the TV game and you could like questions and things like that, and you had a you know a couple of you could play this as a team. I think you might have a bit of fun with it. It was all right. But other than that, I found the controls f- for the emulator a little bit difficult to grasp. What about you?
0: Yeah, it's just every second counts without Paul Daniels. I think they've done a pretty good job of translating the game, the, the actual TV show there. All the rounds are there, the things are yeah, there, yeah, the it's questions there. are there, it all works. It's just, as, as you rightly say, it's the random input method. It's But I think apart from that, aside from that, it's a fairly decent stab at converting the show to the C64. Six banks of questions, decent presentation, I thought. There's not much more you can really do with it. The, the characters do look like Guess Who characters, but you know they're all right. It's like Blockbusters; they've done an okay job here. Yeah, the questions have run out in time, which is one of the complaints they had in the review. But isn't that the same with any home quiz game? You're always going to run out of questions. Even Trivial Pursuit's going to run out at some point. I thought the visuals on the contestants are okay. It is what it is. I, I I played through quite a few games of this. The dual controls for the final round were even harder to work out. Is this dead weird? I don't know why they just didn't go for something simple like Z X and C, like P O and I, if they wanted you know on either side of the keyboard that would have been so much simpler than than left shift commodore and whatever it was and and z it's like just zxc so you put your three fingers on them and the other person can just go to you know po and i and you just there and it's just left right or in the middle if you want to swap or whatever you want to do that would have been much much simpler for me i don't know why they went for this crazy sort of way they did. But you know, it's very quid though, maybe a little bit pricey. I don't know. But you know, this might g- give a few nights entertainment with mum and dad, I guess, if you're of a mind. Sort of yeah, oh, maybe, what the computer that. can do. Can bring it down. We can have a few games you like. You like every second count. We'll have a few rounds of that. And it's a bit of a you might bring it out at Christmas or something. You might do a bit like that. So it's weird it's out in all party game, isn't it? Yeah, of? it's it's a bit of a party and I, I think everyone recognises it. Probably everyone knew it at the time they know how to play it. It's nice and simple. It's answering questions. Everyone likes a bit of a quiz game. I could see how this might work better than some of the other One's we've seen certainly better than shit like that, scruples and stuff like that. But those are the, the it, these kind of things. So, like blockbusters, I think they've done a decent job here. I mean, eight quid, maybe got fifty-two percent. I can kind of see why it is, you know, it is what it is. But I think it maybe could have done with a bit more because this could have been a lot worse. <laughs> it could have been a hell of a lot worse. The, I think you're right. It could have done with even like just a. Uh, sort of i don't know maybe they tried a graphic of paul daniels but it was so horrific they had to take it out i don't know <laughs> who or knows what? it could have, it could have done with something like that but ha- you know where would you have fitted a paul daniels into this i don't i don't know the, the the board allowed for a bit of space and a sort of digitized bob holness in the other one but where would you put him in this i don't know uh you could you maybe you could have had a little sort of thing of him at the bottom asking the questions or something a little animated one but yeah, yeah maybe something like that. But yeah, it's all right. It's every second counts. It's what it is. A fairly decent rendition of it. There we go. Every second counts. Let's move on because every second mm. does indeed count as we've got to get 3 more games through the door. And our next one is Desolator Desolator Graham. Have you ever heard of this? No, I hadn't. I hadn't all. heard. No. This is a really odd one. This is an odd game. So this is a port of the arcade game Kairos, hence why well, it's got the full name here when it loads up with Desolator Halls of Kairos. So this was just Kairos in the arcade. The original arcade game was made by Alpha Denchi kogyo Company Limited, um, also known as ADK. And although I looked at a long list of their games, there was not one I recognized. I didn't recognise any wow. of them. Just as I don't recognise this, I've never seen this in the arcade. I've never heard of this. No, never I'm heard saying. of it. I even had a look in the uh, arcade imperfect Book. It's not even in there. So I, I don't know where, what, what this is. It's where, a mystery. Whatever, oh, it's anyway. It's a mystery. But they've made quite a lot of games, this ADK, so God only knows. The c 612 version was developed by Source. According to Lemon64, that's about all I could find about it, this US gold release. There's not a mention of it. I can't find anything of it. So God only knows what this is. The plot itself is weird. It centers around the evil Kairos, spelt K-A-I-R-O-S, not K-Y-R-O-S as the name is, um, who has kidnapped all the local children and imprisoned them in mirrors in his dark castle. Having none of this, our hero Mac. Puts on his fighting duds, readies his fist, and gets going over five levels of punching arcade action. So when we start the game, we get a little interstitial of the castle. Uh, it's got someone in green at the top and you at bottom. You you at the bottom in red. Weirdly, this is also titled titled Castle Sketch. I don't know why. It just says Castle Sketch at the top. I have no idea. Maybe that's the name of the castle. Maybe it's a placeholder left in by mistake. I have no clue. Nothing would surprise me with this game. So once into it, once into the game, it's revealed to be, it's like a punching commando variant is the best I can sort of say what this is like. You play Mac, as I said, and you've got to make your way up the vertically scrolling levels, punching everything that comes near you, uh, from normal goons to knife-throwing knights and anything else that moves. The UI at the bottom shows Mac's health and his current number of special throwing devices, which can be found along the way, along with the score, high score, and number of lives. It's simple arcade stuff. Along the way, Mac will see mirrors on the wall, and if you punch these, it frees the infant within... Uh, within them that's been trapped within them who will then run about the area and you need to collect them basically just run into them and collect them if you grab nine of these little blighters the mac will transform into mac macho man do what they did there rendering you invulnerable for a short time. There are potions or bonus points and energy to collect to replenish our hero. For should your energy run out, you lose one of your three lives. And once they're all gone, it's obviously game over. The good thing is that death starts you right back where you died. And you get when you do die, you get a little progress again as a castle sketch screen as well. And if you've actually moved across, even through the level, you're close to the castle. I thought that was quite nice. There are also teleporters that take you through other parts of the level and special squares that act like smart bombs or turn all the enemies into girls dressed in blue. At least that's what they look like to me or turns them all into treasure chests, so you can go and collect them all. It's very weird. This is a manic game. It's a manic game. It just never lets up. Its visuals are a bit basic, but I actually quite like the animation on the characters as they kind of just beetled about the level doing stuff and your your main character just running about. And in that way, it reminded me, it sort of had the look of Rambo rather than Commando, small sprites just beetling about, and, and sort of similar colours. It's sort of in that sort of vein. The music itself is a short loop that could get annoying for some, but it didn't for me i quite liked it i found it made me just want to punch people more which is you know the name of the game so uh, uh, all go as arcade conversions go i cannot say whether this is close to the parent i didn't go look it up maybe it is but as a c64 game (laughs) i really enjoyed this (laughs) i had a right good time with this it's simple it's not without its flaws but wandering around rescuing kids from mirror dimensions and punching the hell out of everything certainly appealed to me for some reason the controls are snappy. You can move in eight directions, which was seen lacking in some certain games. Um, it's not too punishing. I found myself getting quite far. Some of the power ups were amusing, and the right and it's the right side of weird for me. I, I can't help but feel that forty-one percent is harsh for this. That's what it got. Forty-one percent. I thought that was quite harsh. I, it would it would been higher for me. This was a simple and fairly well-made fairly well made vertical scrolling punch-em-up. No bugs that I came across. It all worked. You could punch stuff until the cows came home. There was loads of stuff. Just punch in. Punch, punch, punch. And every now and again, you got some stuff you could throw. You could punch barrels for bonus points. I mean, what's not to like? Like we saw with that weird fire trap. Was it fire trap? One a few months back. Not something I had any idea about, but I'm glad it floated across my transom because I found this was way more enjoyable than I was expecting. It doesn't look amazing, it may not sound amazing, but I enjoyed running around in this castle, punching the crap out of anything that came near me. What more was there? Good, good, basic arcade punching fun. I liked it. What about you? No, I didn't like it at all. Did you not? Quite the opposite.
1: Okay. No, I know. I, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I mean, I, my, fi- my first thing was, what on earth is this nonsense? Yeah. Ga- gauntlet meets Rambo. Come who dares fist.
0: <laughs> What's not to like about that?
1: It's just a big, grueling gauntlet punch up. All right, I get that. Bitty, badly animated sprites that pop up all over the place with a very repetitive background map, a drilling in-game tune that's straight from the Guantanamo Bay playlist, <laughs> ugly to look at, poor scrolling that are occurs too close to the edges anyway, unpleasant gameplay that sees you bad with stuff, and then this repetitive loop that will drive you slowly mad, uninspiring gameplay, blocky imagery, and not heading into the classic territory for me. The fact you can't skip the level intro is a nightmare too. Every time you die and start again, you get that little toodly doodly bit. Mm-hmm. No, not for me. This all. Oh, I thought it was awful. Not, not, not anyway. Not in any way good. Um, wow. So I didn't enjoy it at all. I could, I can see where you're going with the kind of look and feel of the Rambo's, the, the you know, the, the commando type vibe. But this was just bitty, and, and it didn't. It wasn't very pleasing to play. I'd rather go back and play Alien Syndrome or something like that than play this. So, not, not for me, not at all. Nope.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Not everything's for everyone. I I just found it weirdly odd, and and I enjoyed it. So it is what it is. Not Um, to me, that. There we go. Desolator. Strange one. A very strange title. God knows where that came from. Uh, Let's move on. We've got two more still to get through. And, Graham, Destruct.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wish this had... (laughs) uh 199 38 this got in zap this is published by the powerhouse coded by clark Denham. graphics were by clark Denham, and the music was by Jay derrett there's a very simple brief to this over 20 levels of fast and furious arcade action interlinked by an ingenious bonus section making this one of the most addictive games you'll ever play that's it fly mm-hmm. over the surface of the planet in your battle armor jet suit fending off attacks by enemy aircraft and guided missiles while avoiding the deadly landscape features. At the end of each level, you will be confronted by a gigantic mothership, which is invulnerable to your normal lasers, so you must shoot the asteroids that are flying over the planet, which reveal crystals. The crystals must be collected and used against the mothership. Should you destroy the mothership, you will be met by a friendly alien who will carry you at high speed to the next level. During this journey, you must hit the red energy orb to keep it in front of you, and the longer you can do this for, the more points you will earn. That is the instructions. Enjoy the instructions. I hope you did. so this is a it's a budget shoot 'em up i get it it's got a really really basic look and feel to this i mean when you get this you get this weird title screen which is kind of a it's not even really i don't call that a logo the the, the logo of the company is massive compared to everything else isn't it mm-hmm. you only get the sort of the classic bouncing sprites intro where you can choose one player two player and things like that and then the game begins now the game has a mix of backgrounds that vary in quality they're not they're They're just. They look a bit basic. They're kind of a base, reliefy look, but they're very basic. The sprites are kind of horrible in it. You're this little rocket man jetpack guy. The main chunk of the game is the top. Sort of, I guess the top, just maybe over half. Bottom half is the UI, if you can call it that. You're confronted with your your, your jetpack guy shooting at things in a shoot'em up way, flying along and blast everything, and don't touch anything. You know, don't touch, don't touch anything, and just don't get hit kind of thing Mm. at the bottom is your ui which gives you your score and your number of lives and and that kind of thing and and it it isn't very pleasant to look at visually at all but it is two pounds so it is two quid and i get it okay there's hints of a million other games in this i mean there's nothing original about this there's bits of defender there's bits of drop zone there's bits of jetpack there's bits of every side scrolling shoot what we've come across it's really hard you die a lot that will gradually drive you mad because every time you die your head falls off And does this kind of repeated thing that drives you potty. That becomes tiresome. The first rule of a shoot 'em up club is you do not have a stupid repeated death sequence. That's the first rule, I think. And this one has. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get tired of that happening all the time. Graphics are a curious mix of blocky and colourful, in a way, I guess. It scrolls okay. A load of the screen is UI with your score, crystals, lives, and all that. There's a tune that plays. It's not going to be lighting up anyone's top 10 SID tunes anytime soon. But okay, it's not horrible. It's all budget fodder. So it's I suppose it's only two pounds worth of buyer's remorse at the worst, really. This <laughs> there's a lot better budget game shooters out there that we've seen and come across over the time. Mm-hmm. I can't list them all, but there's a whole bunch that are better than this. This felt very basic for what it is. It's playable enough for two pounds. I mean, but it's just I think it's on the too far down the basic route to be any good. It's just a bit too simple and it's really, really hard. Annoyingly so. And it makes me wonder how long this, if you just went through this game, it'd be about five minutes, I bet, because it's just hard for hard sake. Some of the backgrounds get quite nicely shaded as well when you get to some of the late levels, but it's just the same thing over and over and over again. There's nothing really, it's two pounds. It's another two pound budget shooter with Mm two pounds worth of shooter in it. I don't know. I didn't hate it, but it's not a game I would ever have really enjoyed if I'd a boy. It's not that good. What did you think?
0: No, I didn't like it. It reminded me of Jetpack Joyride, another one.
1: Yeah, it's not that vibe. The little jetpack guy flying about. Jetpack yeah.
0: guy constantly sc- scrolling thing, just things coming along. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's not. I just good. you know, it's auto scrolling shooter. I had no idea what I was really supposed to be doing aside from blasting everything, collecting stuff for the rocks. Once I hadn't well, shot them enough, the sound effects are really loud. Really loud. <laughs> really loud effects in it. <laughs> It's like, it reminded me of that rascal we looked at ages ago. Yeah.
2: It's like,
0: <laughs> like oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I did. I, I did. The one thing I did like, I like the Venetian blind effect of the levels being drawn on. I thought that was quite nice. Um, yeah. It's all right. It's a nice effect. But it's just like you said, it's all too hard again. You should be able to fly in front of the landscape. I, I don't know why the landscape, You can pull Always the same. Just stupid as it is, you do not because what what that means is that quite often you just don't have enough room on the screen to avoid stuff. Absolutely, because you can't get round it. It's not ter- you know in the in the words of what's his face in Chernobyl, it's not terrible. It's not great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it it yeah. This is you would yeah to It's yeah. You'd just be like, oh, okay, if you bought this for two quid, you just put it down to experience and move on, not buying anything yeah, by would. the powerhouse you again. Would it was pretty ugly though i thought and the, the main sprite the main sprite was like from 1983 yeah nobody
1: drew nobody taking a lot of time drawing those and with all the shading and everything had they they just kind of gone for real blocky
0: yeah yeah destruct yeah wish it had there we go all uh, right one more left and graham this is we're going to go beyond the ice palace Ooh, the ice palace. There was the place in one of the rooms called the ice palace. Was it, was it, oh, it was the um, ice house. That no, was the ice, the ice house. house. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Beyond the ice palace. All right, I'm just going to read you straight from the instructions what this is all about. Beyond the ice palace and to the north, legend tells of a mystical land where strange creatures dwell. It is a land of fancy and magic, of goblins and ghosts. Not ghosts and goblins, goblins and ghosts. Please notice there's, this direct, there's a very specific <laughs> difference there. Um, of good and evil. Recently, there's been great upset in the balance of good and evil in these lands. The force, there's been a balance of force, uh, the forces of evil have been burning down the forest, destroying the homes and lives of the simple woodcutters. Won't somebody think of the woodcutters? (laughs) (laughs) They're just ruining them. We're putting them out of jobs and everything. One oh, night, a meeting so, was held between the ancient and wise spirits of the woods. A decision was made to appoint a single person to be responsible for returning the balance of the lands once again by banishing the evil back from where it came. They blessed a the sacred arrow with the powers of the woods, which would summon a spirit in times of need, and shot it into the air. Whoever found the arrow would find themselves in adventure of fantastic importance. I think that's putting a lot of responsibility down to chance. <laughs> I mean, if you need someone who's going to come along and sort just this out, it. you want to pick them. You don't just want to leave it to happenstance. Of some, it could be one of these woodcutters. It could be anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit silly. But anyway, that's it. That's the that's the background. So there's no story. I don't know who you are. This is from Elite. It was coded by Nick Jones. And graphics by Nigel Brownjohn. From Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> N- Nigel Brownjohn. Brownjohn. That's <laughs> an interesting surname. I like that surname. Music, of course, by Mr. David, three-second loop, Whittaker, So Nick Jones, he's the guy who converted Cybernoid 1 and 2, Equinox and so on. You know, he's got a bit of a track. He's got a bit of track record, a bit of pedigree behind him, and it shows. As this is a very competently put together Ghosts and Goblins variant. When I say variant, it's a Ghosts and Goblins ripoff, except it's a bit more underground rather than overground. Yeah. So the game starts with a nice title screen and music. Uh, once into the game, you are presented. So you start like above ground, and you've got to go straight down. But you're presented with three weapons that you can choose from. So it's kind of like what in Ghosts and Goblins, you know, the weapon you you run over weapons, and that's the one you've got to to use. Here, mm-hmm. there's a mace, a dagger, and a sword. So the daggers, the quick fire one; swords a bit slower, does more damage. And the mace is kind of like the axe from Ghost and Goblins, sort of, in it throws in an arc. All have their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and then you plunge into the dungeon below. So this is a side-scrolling, uh, side-scrolling affair, also up and down. So it's a multi-scrolling affair, so you can go up, down, left, right. Uh, you know, It scrolls in all directions. you are got to make your way through three dungeons in order to kill the bosses at the end of each one. To make your way to them, you must negotiate ladders and lift and many, many, many denizens of the underground, all who need to fall at the pointy end of your cho- chosen weapon. The main screen shows the UI at the top with the obligatory name of the game number of lives. Uh, You have nine, um, which is odd. Um, So, but, you know, you you can score there. And the number of spirits of the forest you have at your disposal. I'll say what they do in a bit. So think of these as floating medieval smart bombs, I guess. When you sort of, you know, you activate these, they kind of go floating around the screen, sort of attacking enemies and destroying them. You can find more of these on your travels and they will come in necessary at times. Now that's about it. That is literally it. There are three short levels and they're really short. When you figure out how to get through, like the first one, when I figured out how to get through it, I could run through it in like about a minute and a half. I mean, it's quite ridiculous. Just climb up some ladders, go up a bit, kill some bit. When you work out what to do on the lift, and and that's it. And there's a a dragon at the end. It's, but you know, it's ghosts and goblins only a whole lot less. The three levels are pretty small, and 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 what that does is it explains why we've said this before. Well, we said it right earlier on about some game. Why it's so bloody difficult? Um, It's ridiculously hard again. And they've done that just because it's stupid. The lifts in the first area are stupid, require a pixel-perfect position on the edge of the second one to avoid spawning enemies. So you've got these lifts. You walk onto it, and you've got three lifts. Two two go up, so the one on the left and right go up, and the one in the middle goes down. As the one, you get on the one that's going up, you've got to walk off it and drop onto the one going down, and you you have to get on that one. And then when it starts going up again, um, because it bounces up and down, there's a monster that will spawn right above you. Now you can't shoot up, so you just instantly die. You've got to wait right on the very far edge of it to just avoid it, and then drop onto the one that's the other one, the one on the far right, and then you can get up. It's just stupid. There are there are these other sort of so the, there's the sort of small enemies that sort of flip about. There's also these bigger enemies, so these more powerful enemies that take a few hits to hit, and they kind of keep spawning around from places. And you've got to take them out. It's stupidly hard when you get to the um, the dragon. There's like a dragon with like four bits, four or five bits you have to kill at the end. It's near impossible because. You, you can't dodge. You're in such an enclosed area that he just, he sort of swoops around and keeps killing you. This is why you've got nine lives because they knew that it was too hard. So this is really, really unbalanced and that's a problem because I know Ghosts and Goblins is hard but they've just basically disguised the fact that this is really short so we're just going to make it stupidly hard. There's a YouTube playthrough where this is completed in six minutes um, by someone and that, you know someone Jesus. knows what they're doing so six minutes six minutes of game that's it there's no doubt in the technical side of things it looked great i mean the sprites are really nice the backgrounds are really well drawn everything looks the part it scrolls it's really it scrolls really smoothly the music's pretty good from dave Whitaker. it's you know it's not a bad bad loop it's a bit longer than normal and it's actually quite a decent tune all the trappings are there this could you know for a bona fide classic it looks and plays and feels really good to actually play and stuff it's just too bloody hard it just didn't have enough game here to keep you from seeing that um so they've ramped up the difficulty to stupid o'clock it's just ridiculous it's a real shame another level or two made them longer dial back that difficulty bit this could have been a really could have been one of the greats i think a lot of people would have really loved this but as it is you know they didn't shame. Um, I, I don't know. I, I there's not a lot more to say about this because there's barely not much game to this. You just run along, throw the weapons you've got, call on your spirits every now and again, die a lot, and then that's it. What it does have, though, it does have a good dramatic death. Um, it reminded me of Rastan. So, you, but your sort of spirit, one of your spirits floats out of you, and you fall back as like a proper like oh, as you fall back, and that that, that I did quite enjoy that. So they've, <laughs> they've gone for that dramatic over over dramatic sort of lovey death, but. I wanted to like this. I mean, it got quite a good review. It got 78%. I can kind of see why, because technically it's, it's really good, but there's so little game here. I mean, it's six minutes to run through three levels. You just know, and it's only so... so you won't do that because it's so bloody hard. But, you know, there you go. It's what it is. And uh, it, Shame. Shame. I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to like this, but it's just not enough here to really like. feels like a demo. What did you think? Yeah. Um. So... I like the way this looked. I mean, this
1: is the Thundercats game that never was, isn't it?
0: Oh, is this so, is this it? Oh, right. Yeah, it does look a, it does look a bit like Lionel now I come to think of it.
1: Yeah, and it's now confirmed. If you go to the the um, games that were, it's now confirmed that it was definitely the Thundercats game that was never used. It was the one, they, remember they had, I think, three in development and one got turned into Bomb Jack 2, was it? Um, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. One, this, one of them got made into the actual game, I think. I can't remember. And then there was this one, which was turned into Beyond the Ice Palace. So, so it sort of, you can sort of see it in it, um, yeah. and it's got the instant Dave Whitaker thirty-five second loop of music. So it's got the yeah. old, you know, the wibbles and the wobbles begin. Um, aside from the weird title music and odd control selector, um, I thought the game starts okay. The game itself has got, like you said, nice graphics. Actually, nice little animations. Yeah, quite nice but notions of the layer you're exploring. It's clearly set in a world of the Thundercats, without a doubt. But okay, it is what it is. The scrolling sort of works and the death sequence is, like you say, it's annoying, but it sort of plays out speed enough so you don't get too annoyed by it. There's so much, so many nods to Ghosts and Goblins here. It's ridiculous. It's, it is basically a, a variation of that theme, isn't it? Which sort of appeals to me because I quite like that. Um, yeah. So I quite like the way it played. I quite like the way it felt. It, it's interesting. I don't think, like like you said, I, it feels like there's a lot to explore, but there isn't, is there? It's a very short game, which is a bit of a jip. And there's some nice details in the background. There is a lot of brown, though a lot of brown
0: Well, you're underground um, yeah
1: it's decent enough it's not an easy game i suppose really they've made it challenging you know in that in that way but i don't know it's, it shouts of a lot more ambition than ability this this it it feels like it's half the game it probably was meant to be yeah it doesn't fit it doesn't feel like it's all there um i think there's a good engine under the hood and they had they had the beginning of something and it, it shouldn't have been just rebadged and released no, they could have put more into it. They didn't, and so this has just been released because it was nearly finished. They thought, oh well, you know, we'll get, we'll sell enough at ten quid for make some money out of it. There's loads of other versions of this on all the other as well. as Amiga version, SD version. All the others have got it as well. So mm. I just found that I was a little bit disappointed by. It, it seemed like it was. It could have been so good with yeah. a little bit more, with a little bit more time. It could have been so good, and and time dedicated to it as well, not just finishing it off so it's a it's working game loop so that and there's a way to no there's there's a way to win maybe but there's plenty of ways to die um i think it's a shame that because it feels like it's 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 75% of the game it probably is aiming to be and it's ne- and so you play 75% of a game doesn't feel like it's complete it feels like it's got all the technical bits done all the graphics works nearly there And then they just went. Ah, just release it. What about game design? I'll just put some bullshit together about God knows what, and then just stick it out there. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And
1: and that's and that's what happened, I think. So I think it's a great shame. I liked what I saw. I liked what I played, but there wasn't enough of it to really call it a really good game. So no, it's a shame.
0: Yeah, and I think to throw it out for ten pound is a. What? That's not right. It's not right for
1: what there is. You know. no. If if, if, you're, if indeed you're right, and, a, and an experienced player can complete this in six minutes, then it's a jip. Yeah, yeah. It, there's, but... a,
0: there's a YouTube playthrough for it. It's a,
1: then it's then it's just a blatant ripoff. Then
0: yeah, we saw that with uh mask as well the other week, didn't we? Yeah, mask mask we did, three. Someone's going to run through that in six minutes. I get a lot of these early games. Uh, you know, someone goes through Barbarian Two in 19 minutes, but six minutes is ridiculous. The levels are just so short. You know, yeah. when I, when there's I... nothing
1: to them really, is there?
0: No, because you get over that lift and then you're at the end of the level. It's like, oh yeah. That was not yeah. what I was expecting. Because they're no. quite I was expecting a bit more because it seemed like there seemed to be multiple ways through the through the levels and then suddenly you just it's like it's like just a little sort of loop around well, and then if you take the context
1: of the game you've got out and put in the Thundercats game where you were searching for the Eye of Thundera. Mm. Um, it makes more sense to be doing that in a game and looking around those environments for the Eye of Thundera and those kind of things. And you were also there to rescue the other Thundercats, weren't you? So you'd be looking for them, yeah. And take that out of this game, and that's kind of what you got left—just wandering around doing not much. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's and that Spirit of the Woods thing, sort of thing, is a bit like Jedda's Jedda, isn't it? Yeah, it to- it's totally is.
1: You can see where they've changed the graphics. They've just took the but removed the top bit and put beyond the ice palace at the top. That was clearly where it had. You know the Mumra whatever it was and Thundercats logo at the top of that. Probably,
0: so, yeah, weird.
1: But it's it's in the same games. That weren't, it, there's a big section on it because it's quite a well researched and well because the screen grabs of the early Thundercats game is beyond the Ice Palace is now, and it's now been confirmed. The person who was involved with it said yes, it was this, and you can go. We'll put the links out to the in the show notes. Go and read it. It's quite a fascinating, if bleak, view of how games got made back then, and it's quite interesting. But this is this was the Thundercats game that never was. No, the third no. one I think we've come across
0: now. Yeah. And one one that was, one that one, one that won, who knows. Well, there we go. That's it. That's your games for this week. That's, that's it. We're done. We've managed to get through them all. What yeah. did we look at this week? Well, we looked at Barbarian 2, The Dungeon of Drab. <laughs> um... The Flintstones, poke, 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 <laughs> poke. poke. <laughs> I'm going to poke you with my pokey thing. Um, the Flintstones, which is Yabba Dabba no. Yeah, have a laugh painting a wall. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars droid, no. Icon-driven movement in a in an no. arcade adventure. Just never a good thing. Hercules, no. fear my drumstick. <laughs> goat man, fear back my off, se- goat man. <laughs> fear my see-through goat <laughs> drumstick, goat boy. <laughs> Hopping mad. Which, you know, you might be if we bought that. Too expensive, and you had the, yeah. Too yeah, much money. Uh, Every Second Counts. <laughs> Indeed. Desolator, which was a massive split of opinion on that one. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. Destruct. No. No, no one was a fan. And Beyond the Ice Palace, which was not enough of a game to really justify its release. No. Uh, by the looks of things. So there we go. That's it. What have we got coming up next week? Well, Mr. Rannings, we have Hawkeye. Ooh, the other gold medal. The other gold medal, yeah. Uh, and we've got Vixen. Not the band, but the game. <laughs> oh, damn it! She's been on a broken heart. Then we've got something called Super Trolley. I'm not liking the sound of that. No, Poltergeist. That's by Ray that. Burn, Rayburn. 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 Uh, to Hell and Back. Okay. Who knows? Street Fighter. A street Fighter should oh, be interesting because um, there's there's <laughs> two versions of that. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, that could be interesting. Uh, Dream Warrior. I don't remember much about that. Never heard of it. Dark Castle. You're going to hate that. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> uh, and finally, we've got the Games Winter Edition. Mm, I don't remember that being amazing. No, I mean, I don't. I
1: don't remember much. It's where they sort of go downhill a bit, don't they? And the yeah. epics quality takes a bit of a knife in. Yeah. It's got shivved in the, she got shivved in the prison grounds, that one in the in summer
0: the, edition but. ain't very good either, I seem to remember. Um yeah, so that's it. As ever, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that in a financial manner by heading over to patreon.com forward slash zapped to the past. Um and you can sign up there. You can get access to the episodes ad-free and early. Uh, you can get to ask us questions for the uh, Ask the Podcast episodes, and you can join our ever-growing Discord server where loads of funny and good and interesting discussion goes on. Um, and you can do all that for literally probably less than the price for a pint these days. That's £4.50. Or you can join up for just a pound, and obviously that we are very appreciative of that as well. So if you wish to do that, that's patreon.com forward slash zapped to the past. I think that's about it. You got anything you wish to add? No, I'm just, um,
1: I still always feel a little bit of disappointment with, um, with Barbarian Two, And I'm, I'm feeling the pain of that a little bit. I really wanted that to be a lot better than it was. So a bit of an average selection of average, wasn't it? That there's a couple of reasonable highlights, I suppose in there, but
0: yeah, yeah, it's not 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 anything that really rocked rocked our boats. I mean, I didn't no. mind Desolator, but I just found it f- stupidly fun. But but it was what it was. Games that it's games that promise but don't deliver. Barbarian
1: Two promises a lot, doesn't quite deliver on the game design. Flintstones, no humor. Star Wars droids, nothing about Star Wars. Hercules, the twelve tasks are just clouds that you have to <laughs> drop files into. You know, hopping mad is at least too expensive, but at least it's a full thing. Every second counts, if you like that kind of thing. Desolate, you like you say, but it's just, none of them have really gone mad. None of them have blown me away. No. It's a bit disappointing. And beyond the Ice Palace it was nearly there. It's so close to being it was such a good game, but just no.
0: Yeah, indeed. So there we go. I think on that note, on that disappointing note for episode 96, we should probably call it uh, an episode. I think so. I think so. So as ever, I have been Adrian Mills. And I have been Graham... I'm going
1: to teabag you Hercules, Raddings.
0: (laughs) And you have been listening to Climby the Dwarf and lots of hair. (laughs) And we will probably, hopefully, see you again next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the
1: Zap to the Past podcast.